When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With the holiday season coming up, you know that you're out there looking for just like the best gifts for your friends, your families, uh, white elephant gifts. You want to be creative, but you also want to be known as like the person that got the great gift. Well, we have a solution for you. Head on over to Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com, and you'll find a wide variety of collegiate hoodies, shirts, uh, and just general awesomeness all the way around. They have the softest hoodies, the warmest hoodies, the best designs, funny designs, great colors, just fantastic selection. Uh, so of all the people you know in your life, maybe some, maybe somebody went to the Colorado School of Mines, and you're like, you are the only person I know that went to the Colorado School of Mines and maybe they still don't know about Homefield Apparel, which they should because they have a great Colorado School of Mines collection. Whatever it is, you can find the perfect gift over at Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com for this holiday season. And not only that, but Homefield also is selling their core collection, which is is what it is. Their core collection of t-shirts uh, and hoodies over there. Uh, blank slate, blank slate. Maybe your wife has a cricket. And she has all sorts of funny things she wants to put down. Uh, live, laugh, love. I don't know. But if you ever want to live, laugh, love uh, soft t-shirt, now's your chance. You can get on over to Homefield. They got tons of new colors uh, available for purchase uh, that you could do. I mean, <clears throat> everyone, loves a, everyone loves a good gag gift. And a good gag gift can be a t-shirt well done uh, on your own design. So whatever it is that you want to find, it will be there. Uh, head on over to Homefield, homefieldapparel.com. Use the code one foot to save 15% off your first order. Happy holidays. Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Bowles, site manager, ever Supreme Warlord and Defender of the Faith over at onefootdown.com on the SU Nation Network. And joining me as always, Jude Seymour, podcast legend, and the chief inspector, Brennan McElinden. Boys, I have hope you're having a very professional week, uh, as I am having a very professional week, even though I keep wanting to say Barry instead of very, uh, but that could be the vodka. I don't know. Uh, Joshua, I just want to let you know I'm just doing my fucking job, man. I'm here just doing my fucking job. So. <laughs> Am I doing this right? I mean, am I, am I professional enough? I, I, if it's good enough for all, you are, Peter. I think it's good enough for me, right? Yeah, I am. Uh, I am just so happy to to 
talk about Notre Dame Navy. It's just, <laughs> that's just the most thrilling thing ever, ever to, that you could ever talk about, I suppose. Uh, but man, it is, it is getting nippy outside and weather is whipping around. Boys, uh, perhaps the most beautiful sight of all has been the last couple of nights of Maction. Uh, first of all, Toledo and BG was off the chain, uh, Monday night. What an ending. And then we just, oh my God, there was a, uh, I kept trying to save the videos and my, my phone was, uh, service was fucking terrible. Uh, the, the way this guy, uh, took the, like, took a video of him, like, going nuts, uh, on those plays, it just, it was insane. It's funny as hell. It's pure action. It's fantastic. God bless it. And then tonight we get Western and and Central and Snow a blizzard. Yeah. Oh, oh my God, that was. I mean, what 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 would the refs do? Like say say the guys on the sideline built like a snowman, and they kind of like carried it out in the field on the line of scrimmage, like as like you know what? What are they gonna? What, what's the refs gonna do? Can they do anything? Um. Yeah, they you know can do something. They they definitely can do something. What? What are they going to do? What the fuck are you going to do, refs? Uh, what the refs probably will do is they'll cry to their good friend who is a political advisor in the city of Boston for the Democratic Party <laughs> and have him simp into the mentions of anybody that says that the referees got a call wrong, as I believe <laughs> uh, standard operating procedure. Are you talking about our good friend Greg Flamond's good friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, <laughs> he dared to question that the the officials uh, perhaps didn't get uh, what was that what was that guy's name Mike Sully because uh, of course it it was Mike Sullivan. Um, so Wait, yeah, of course it's Sullivan. Mike Sully is the name of the uh, Billy Crystal character in Monsters University. Yeah, it? that's where I got over, it right? uh, mixed up. But his uh, yeah, Mike Mike Sullivan. Oh Sullivan, okay. Yeah. His handles Mike Sullivan. I was just gonna say, of course, of course, it's a Sullivan. Did when he was jumping at Greg mentions, was he saying, "Say it, Chowda"? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the refs can do anything. Uh, but not to uh, last but not least of the of the Maction mentions, uh, Eastern coming back tonight down seventeen seven against Lauren Dangles. Kent State Golden Flashes to take a 31-24 victory back home to Ypsilanti. It's fantastic. God bless. The Max, dude, Buffalo isn't even, remember we were talking about Buffalo last, the last time? Like it was like the shoe-in, right? Yeah. Where they were playing. And they're, they're not going to go to Detroit. No, they, uh, they collapsed. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the only the only joy left uh, for, for Eastern really is uh, when we hoist that Michigan Mac trophy uh, on Black Friday. Uh, I don't even care about a bull win, uh, but getting eight wins on the regular season and, and hoisting the Michigan Mac trophy uh, will be uh, will be fun enough. I have no illusions to talk any sort of trash. <laughs> it's. It's been a wild. It's been a wild season in in that conference. I mean, even by Mac standards, uh, it's been a little, been a little crazy. I was just, I just don't understand what Youngstown State's not doing. Like that's a program that's prime to jump in, jump up to the FBS. No, 
and the Mac is right there for them. They make too much money as a uh, as an FBS school um, playing Ohio State seemingly yearly and getting those million dollar checks. Trust me, Ohio State will still pay in the million dollars in the Mac. They do that for all the Ohio Mac schools. That's true. There will be no deficit. They probably don't because the the Mac got uh, the the Mac gets pretty upset at least when I was there about attendance, um, where they would require students (laughs) to show up to games because they're like, please, we don't want to lose our Mac status. (laughs) Please, we we need twenty thousand people in the stadium. (laughs) Begging, absolutely. Two cokes. Or season tickets the following year, just for trying it out, or well, you know, just uh, just try it out, see if you like it. Did anyone? I mean, did anyone text Max, you? We're not we're not Stanford over here. Did anyone text you no, and say that this is a beautiful weekend to come uh, drive ten hours and uh, see your see your uh, team for a discounted price of forty dollars? No, no, <laughs> sadly nobody did. Uh, I'm not sh- not sure I would, uh, but you know. You know, I got I got somebody uh somebody jumped on me and said, you know, if you're asking your team to pay you to watch the game, like something about being a real fan, and I was like, you know that forty dollars wouldn't subsidize the cost of getting out of New York State and gasoline, right? Like I just like I, you know, even if Notre Dame paid me forty dollars, I'd still lose one thousand nine hundred and sixty dollars on the weekend, right? So That's a rough weekend. Well, I would assume that the 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 gambling and the and the bad choices with sure. with drinking and going across the border and you know you know how it goes. My ten year old gets wild. No, no, Jude, I don't know how that goes. Because <laughs> you're professional. I'm sorry. I'm very uh, professional. <laughs> this is a pro podcast. Uh, I am a pro man. And uh, I, I do believe my uh, my kids end up li- listening to this uh, podcast. Uh, Dad wouldn't do anything like that. Speaking of the kids, so Brendan, I wanted to, I wanted to tell you I thought it was funny. I, I thought of you instantly. So the only thing I really let my kids listen to in the car when I'm with them is like is you know hardcore hip hop, like yeah. old school. Yeah. Nah, yeah. the the real the real stuff the real stuff. Uh, it's really, you know, every once in a while we'll throw in like a Thrasher album when we just really want to like just just drive uh, a couple of miles over the speed limit. But I'm picking up for church school, and I and, <laughs> and I I was listening to RZA on the way in, uh, and just uh, went over to just get songs and shuffle real quick. And uh, State Motel came up, and when the kids got in the car, I didn't think anything of it. Got in the car, <clears throat> all three of my kids just started belting it out. And I'm like, I don't believe I've ever played this in front of them. And I instantly thought of you, like, man, I never knew who that band was until you said something. And then here I am, it's just randomly playing on my, uh, off my phone, and my kids just started belting it out. I just thought it was funny as hell. I'm like, Brendan strikes again. St. Motel's for the children. Because nobody writes better hooks for the first 10 seconds of their songs than St. Motel. Every single, every single song they have, first 10 seconds, go listen to all their, all their tracks. The first 10 seconds, every one of them is unique and phenomenal. It's what they do best. You know, what's funny though is the one thing that, uh, the, uh, the banger was a good song never dies. That was the one they were belting out. 
Yep. What's funny is there is there there is a little bit of a part of that song, just a, a sliver of a beat, uh, beat and melody that is identical to uh, Freak Bass's Notre Dame song. It's probably, by, it's probably by design. I shit you not. Because he just it's, have it, it is. Uh, it, is it, it is in there. It is. It is very slight, but noticeable to someone who, who has probably listened to that song by Freak Bass more times than I can than any grown person should ever listen to it. Uh, mostly just out of oh, out of comedy, Joshua, some out of Joshua. you know Ted. I don't even know. As you beat by a factor of ten, right? Who's that? Ted Mandel, he has to beat you by a factor of 10. World's greatest freak ba- uh, base. Uh, um, aficionado. Aficionado, FTT uh, professor, and the guy who coordinated uh, getting freak base for that uh, for that shoot. He absolutely loved them. Loved them for the children, he said. Mm-hmm. And kids, funky, they, funky just love, feet. they just love freak base. The funky kids in Brian feet, Kelly. Bro. Not to be confused with free base, yeah. which is a totally yeah, different thing that never, kids should not love. Forget, never forget, Mike Golick Sr. was a part of that fucking video. Never forget, is, Brian Kelly. Like, Brian Kelly was a part of that video. <laughs> See, we knew but, Don, but, we, but, we weren't surprised that Brian Kelly had dance moves because we saw we saw him in a music video <laughs> long before he was grinding on guys who didn't commit to LSU and went, later went to Alabama. Well, Brian Kelly was smart enough. Brian Kelly was smart enough, like almost immediately after that freak base video. They had the fucking, uh, they did the milk video or whatever, the vending machine. Do you think that still exists? Yeah, it, it, it's somewhere, dude. I, 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 I just, sh- I think I just put it up on the, our site, like, last year for something. Like, I had randomly ran across it and, rem- I, like, had forgotten about it. I was like, oh, my God, this wasn't the best. <laughs> it's, it's out there somewhere still. It's a great clip. It was a great clip. So he redeemed himself in that way. Maybe Mike Golick Sr. might redeem himself with something else. I don't know. What's the line? Um, um, maybe maybe Mike Golick Sr. might have uh, redeemed himself with the um, Shaman Rock Series review this year. He did do a good job. He did a great job on that. And yeah, then you got to get two pints of that milk. You get that chocolate <laughs> milk. Get that chocolate milk. I mean, is that what Reese has been yelling? Get the milk. Get the milk. Yeah, Reese is trying to get. Uh... <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's Brian Mason in uh, special teams practice uh, talking about uh, jumping over uh, Michael Vinson, right? No, uh, uh, no, no, no. They asked, they Tommy, asked Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese said that. Yeah, so they asked Tommy Reese. They were like, "What? What can Drew Pine do to oh, um, cut that. down on some of the batted balls and tipped passes at the line of scrimmage?" And Tommy Reese replies, uh, "Deadpan." Drink milk. <laughs> now, see, people can shit on Tommy Reese all they want, but no one can say he doesn't have a great fucking sense of humor. Uh, God bless him. God bless them all. Uh, and God bless you if you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to our to our shit show. I uh, appreciate you tuning in. I uh, just want to re- reminder to all you, uh, to get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. Any review that you leave, we will read on the podcast word for word. Brendan, give him a rundown. What are we looking for? Uh, we are looking for those earned Julian Love five stars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Professional Julian Love 
five stars. Uh, so I got one review here tonight. This is from Dynetastic. Uh, five stars. It says, pure professionalism. This is the most professional podcast I've ever listened to. Pure, uncut, military-grade professionalism wielded by unmitigated professionals. This podcast will make you more professional by listening to it. This show is so professional, I'm getting sick of all the professionalism. Everyone is saying you guys are the most professional. Many, many people are saying it. <laughs> Jokes aside, all, all three guys rock, and it thanks all of you for this thing to work on such a high level. But there's a but here's a controversial take. Jude's war is the highest. I notice his absence the most in the dynamic when he's not there. That said, I'm disappointed when any of you miss a show. You guys should do this professionally. I like. I just feel like that was the greatest compliment anyone's paid me in like years. That's just because they because they, they use a nerd stat. Jim. They use stats. Yeah, stats down. Because they use a nerd stat. Jim. I, I often wonder what to bring, bring to this podcast, and um, apparently it's wins above replacement value. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, that, obviously that guy gets it, uh, which is great. What's true? What's Jude's true replacement, though? Isn't it? Isn't it Jack Valor? Like when it boils down to it. Well, the anti Jude is the anti Jude probably is Jack Valor. So I'd, I'd say the the war is pretty good, right? <laughs> I would say it's probably pretty high. <laughs> uh, what's funny is I went back to the reviews and uh, the last couple of weeks. I just the sheer amount of uh, people calling us professionals is just just off the charts. This if is anyone great. knew what actually that in, that inside joke was, which we never said. <laughs> I don't think we ever said it. No, we we, never, we just keep calling ourselves pros and professional, and everyone's picking up on it. And I'm just going to go with that. You'll never know why we keep saying it, but that's what's going on. Uh, <laughs> so appreciate y'all. Much love. Oh, all right, gentlemen, we're here to do a thing. We got we got a review preview episode, and I'm sorry to say. Uh, uh, it's just it's just that time of year where things happen. We haven't been able to to crank out the two pods a week. Um, it's not looking good for next week either <laughs> with Thanksgiving. Uh, but and uh, just the way our schedules work. But uh, we'll, we we will have a powwow and decide that I won't just uh, surprise Jude with that information on the podcast. I don't forget later. <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> um, before before we start in earnest, I I did have one plug if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. Our good friend Greg Flamont just started an Instagram where he's breaking down plays. And um, actually, I should have looked up the. Do you know? Do you know what the handle is? Is it like Greg ISD or something like that? Oh, I think it's, is, it, is it Greg twenty one twenty six ISD? Maybe. Um, damn, I should. Yes, Greg twenty one twenty six ISD. Okay, I, I was yeah. dying. Are you was, sure? Because I I looked it up and it said Greg four five nine. No, 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 that one can't, that, that one's a little slow. So, um, so I, I love that he's like, you know, he's doing his usual thing where he's pointing at the screen. He's got the clicker in his hand, right? He's got like, I don't know, it's the peacock or what, or YouTube or whatever he's, he's working off of or whatever. But I just love that he's sitting there and he's 
he's talking to us ostensibly, but he's also sort of talking to Drew Pine. And he's like, come on, baby. It's week 10. Come on, baby. You got to make these throws. You got to see this open guy. When this plays run, you were talking about why the reason this doesn't work. Come on, get your eyes up. You got to see this. You know, it's just like, it's so good. It's just so good. Like, he's just like, come on, baby. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. It's like watching him maybe take his first steps or something. Come on. You got this. You got this. You know, like, it's like when you cheer when your kid, like, potty trains or whatever. You're like, come on, baby. Hit that M&M. Hit that M&M. You know, you got I mean, that is That is a good feeling. So anyway, one of our friends' new uh, new social media endeavor. He's got 150 followers. He deserves all of them. Um, I actually just I do love the the breakdown. You know, it's it's nice to be able to see somebody kind of dissect um, because you know we're going to talk about here in a second about what we felt went wrong. But um, it's just nice to see some plays in the second half. Well, just quickly, I guess, in, in thirty thousand foot view, he's gonna he's gonna give you the micro granular view. We're gonna give you the thirty thousand foot view. So, just Listen, Greg, Greg is also a member of the very of the very professional club. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what if you're listening to us or following us. I don't know what the fuck you're doing if you're not uh, <laughs> following everything Greg's doing. Uh, just know that that's uh, that is the other guy in our DMs most of the time. So, <laughs> I mean, any any of the good. Uh, uh, any of the good stuff, a lot of that stuff we're getting getting from Greg. So, anyways, all right. Well, we are here, like I said, to do the uh, review preview, Navy BC. So we're gonna have to get to Navy. And boys, I got special rules for today. I can uh, take a guess at what these rules are. I, maybe, maybe. Special special rule for today is Navy's first drive of the second half went 10 minutes and one second for a field goal. For a field goal. Yeah. So, Luckily, I'm going to allow <clears throat> I'm going to allow 10 minutes and one second yep, for yep, there Navy review, and that is it. That is it. That is absolutely fucking it. We get 10 minutes and one second. Use your time wisely. Not everybody. This is collectively. Uh, we get 17 plays in 10 minutes and one second uh, to get our field goal review of uh, of Navy. And I don't know who wants to jump in, but the clock starts now. All right. So I'll start. So I think one of the things that um, is incre- incre- increasingly frustrating about this season is that uh, Notre Dame has mastered playing to the level of their competition. And um, if it's a ranked team and the stakes are appropriately sized by, you know, media expectations or the narrative or whatever, uh, Notre Dame has responded. And we are going to no matter what how the season ends, we are going to have wins over a ranked Clemson, wins over a ranked UNC, wins over, you know, wins just quality, quality wins that we can look back on and be very proud of. Um, Having said that, it is absolutely frustrating. It's all get up to watch this team um, pretend like they don't know how to play football for an entire half. And 12 offensive yards is just absolutely inexcusable. Guys were missing assignments on the offensive line. Uh, um, <clears throat> Drew Pine, as, as Greg pointed out repeatedly, is just not, is not running through his, um, running through his progressions or, or, you know, finding open men. He's worrying about, you know, getting hit or not moving. And, and the defense also thought, well, we've got a 21 point lead, so who fucking cares, right? And so, um, 
when we look ahead to, you know, Notre Dame being favored by three touchdowns over Boston College this weekend, part of me is extremely frustrated because I know this team is very capable of winning 38-14. I just don't know that they're not capable of, if they're up 38-14, of giving up some garbage touchdown to BC's backup quarterback that everybody fell in love with for five hot seconds because Phil Dracovich was such ass. So I think that's my neighbor review. Uh, my my Navy review is um, the team just obviously didn't care in the second half. Um, they played like they just wanted to get out of there without getting injured. I don't put any stock whatsoever in the way that the second half unfolded. There's nothing that I saw in there um, that gives me any cause for concern. Um, I I really just – they looked really good in the first half, and in the second half it was like, well, we did our thing. Uh, we're checking out, and I'm fine with that. Because I, I guess I, they ended up winning. Um, Navy got some some love with some pass interference calls uh, that helped them move the football. Um, but they figured out that they made some. It was pr- nice that they made some adjustments to the halfback. Um, but yeah, I, I really I really don't care about the second half of that football game. Um, they won the football game. Um, that's great. Uh, I'm just, I'm most happy that, that nobody got hurt. Um, I would have loved to have seen them get to 40. I would have loved for the, uh, for Navy not to have scored as much as they did, but I'm not going to pound the table and get concerned. Drew Pine still Drew Pine. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that. I think, I think the one thing that I just find inexcusable is running a, a, a draw on second and 17. I just, I cannot, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care if you're trying to play not to get hurt or whatever. Um, that play call is ridiculous. And it, you know, to go three and out immediately after a 10 minute drive is just disrespectful to your defense. I think Tommy called a shit second half. And I was really just surprised that all the people crowing in the first half, you know, all of a sudden were a lot quieter on Twitter. Like somehow, um, you know, they, there was some suggestions that a guy doesn't forget how to coach or whatever. Well, this guy, you know, showed basically no ingenuity in the second half and, and just shut it down. And it just was, it's not, I, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not fun to watch and it's not, not fun and it's just not, it's not, we deserve, I feel like we deserve better. I feel like we deserve better and the players deserve better. I feel like there's just, you know, and Marcus comes in with this freaking, you know, well, maybe he's always going to give it their best and close games and blah, blah, blah. Dude, like you were pounding that team. You could have, you could have won that game 70 to 14 if you'd kept your head straight, but you just, that this has been a, this is not just a Marcus Freeman problem. This is a Notre Dame institutional problem. They just can't, put the hurt on people like like the top tier teams can and it's frustrating. Yeah, I think I think most of my my feelings can be uh summed up in the one of the greatest uh Chris Farley quotes of all time. What are you doing? <sighs> it was basically me the entire second half. I'll say this like in the first half, Drew Pine made throws that he hasn't made all season long. And I, I don't care who, who it was against. It was the fact that he attempted to throw yes, the attempted. ball that way. I mean, These guys found, made plays. And, and found, yes. And found guys where they're at. I mean, he just, he hasn't done that at all this season. So the first half was refreshing in the, in the sense that Pine was finally like kind of letting it grip a little bit, 
maybe he was more confident because it was Navy, but he was kind of letting it go a little bit, and receivers were making plays. I mean, Brayden Lindsay had the best best half of his, basically, his career. Best half uh, of his career, too. You know, and, oh, one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. Uh, and, you know, the, the ball is spread around. The fact that, that Notre Dame, like, little by little throughout the season, have, it, hey, look, it wasn't the wide receivers after all. Like, everyone was worried about the wide receiver room. It wasn't the wide receivers. They're fine. They're, they do just fine. Jaden Thomas is a B. I mean, Jaden Thomas is going to be good. I, Greg made the David Givens, uh, comparison. Um, I think that's, I think Givens is a little too, too athletic, uh, to compare Thomas to. I mean, he's just, it's a different kind of athlete. I, maybe it's just the 83. I just, I, I just kept thinking that's Chase Claypool out there. Um, big body tall. But they got guys that can – I mean, Lorenzo Styles has struggled uh, this year catching the ball. And there's, we're still winning some games. I can't, I, there's no game that Notre Dame lost because Lorenzo Styles dropped the ball. Let's put it that way. Um, so there, but there's plenty to work with still there. Anyways, the pieces are in place. The second half, it's just – it's exactly what you said. They fell asleep at the wheel because they just didn't care anymore. Uh, whether they want to admit it or not, you just you want to be done. You want to be done doing that shit. The problem I have play calling why I I don't understand estimate having eight, eight carries and that is it. If you are not going to run, if you are not going to if you if you are not going to run outside the tackles, and they are loading up the box and they are stuffing Logan Diggs, then you have to go to your bigger back. And this is nothing against Logan Diggs. This is against why Audric estimate had just eight carries. And then in the second half, the Drew Pine that you, you saw from the first half, who was slinging rock, dude, he had four fucking touchdown passes and ran one in. I, I, it was a, it was a great half. I don't give a fuck who it was against. Four touchdown passes is, is no joke. I mean, you play a cupcake and you throw eight touchdown passes and everyone's gonna say, it's cupcake, but it's a fucking eight touchdown pass. You know what I mean? Like, it was a great half. In the second half, it was just, he was so timid and so gun shy and, so getting his ass rocked. I had Ram Vila flashbacks uh, on a couple of those sacks. It was it was on that level, and I just didn't quite understand it. I didn't think the line was was playing up the snuff um, in the second half. Maybe things got discombobulated, but in pass pro, it was there. He just had to make he had to make the damn throw, and he didn't. And again, only eight carries for Roger Gustave. I think he had six at halftime. So only two carries for Roger Gustave in the second half. It just it did not make sense. Uh, but I will say this. I, I, I've done bitching about this game. and like, I'm, I'm fucking done with this game. Better Notre Dame teams have played closer games against worse Navy teams. So none of this, what I saw, really fucking matters to me at all. It doesn't all, matter at all. Period. I don't care. Here's a, here's a, it didn't matter it didn't matter to anybody else in the country because no one watched. No, no one, one gave a shit. And they still That's moved the up there with to spots. Is when you're you're playing Navy in November, no one cares. Nobody. Here's, here's the last uh, thing I'd like to introduce uh, to the Navy discussion before I leave it forever. Um, and it's a two letter. It's 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 a two word um, phrase. Let down. This was a let down spot. Right, a classic letdown spot. Um, they didn't show it in the first half because they fired off on all cylinders. But I mean, Notre Dame coming off a historic win against Clemson, 
Um, there was bound to be a little bit of a letdown. It just happened to come in the second half. Um, we watched LSU struggle bus against a KJ Jefferson last Arkansas. Uh, nobody's dinging them for that, right? 13 10 win or whatever it was. So, um, winning big games, usually when you face a less than opponent, there's, there's some ability for there to be a letdown and they just, they came down and, uh, yeah, second half, they just were disengaged and I'm fine with that. I don't care. Just beat USC. 20 seconds left. Jude, anything left? Yeah, it just, um, I think if, if Drew Pine were just straight mediocre, this would be actually more tolerable to me than, than him showing flashes of brilliance and then flashes of just the most trash quarterback that we've had in a long time. I just, I would love for, to see more of first half Drew Pine. And that's it, gentlemen. We are moving on. (laughs) There you go. Uh, thank you for listening to our Navy review. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick uh, pay the bills break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to get into some other stuff because uh, we're done with this game. All right, boys. Look, let's, uh, what do I want to bring up first? Oh, let's bring up. What happened the uh, Tuesday night, college football playoff rankings. Notre Dame came in at 18th. Uh, I don't have a problem, per se, with their number next to their name. I do have a big problem with the teams ranked ahead of them. And I'm getting sick and fucking tired of talking about Marshall and Stanford because we beat Clemson and North Carolina. Like, in past years, Notre Dame, in past years, Notre Dame did not have bigger wins to go with like their one or two losses and it's a hard that's a hard sell like who did you beat 2019 and yet you're watching i'm sitting here watching i'm sitting here watching penn state who has played nobody outside of the two teams that beat them and michigan and ohio state and they are just like the strength of schedule six no it's not not really don't fucking tell me their strength of schedule is six sure what's their strength of what it is they're too all right their strength of schedule relies on the two losses they have. So who cares about that? That doesn't say anything why they should be ranked 11th or 10th. Uh, I have a problem with Kansas State being being where they're at. Yeah. Um, I have. I mean, I have problems with North Carolina where they're at. I don't give a shit that they're only nine and one. I mean, we beat the dog piss out of them. I mean, these rankings we've been. It, it, it is always a. A one week it's it's who's the best team, the other week it's what you've done. It's it's always up and down, and I'm cool with that. And look, like I said, I don't have a big problem with the with the number next to Notre Dame's name. I don't, and I understand the three losses. It is what it is. Uh, but you start breaking down the teams in front, the six seven teams in front of Notre Dame, and I'm starting to be like, nah, fuck you, dog. <laughs> I don't care who we lost to. Uh, Kansas State doesn't have a better win than Clemson. No, they don't have a be- they don't have a better win than, than North Carolina. Better win than North Carolina. No. I mean, I know how we feel about North Carolina, but the media and the rest of the country, like, they really think that they're something else. They think Heisman they think, Trophy. Uh, they think they're uh, special, uh, and we do not. Because I remember Brendan said, "Hey, boys, uh, North Carolina might be high, hot trash," and they are because their defense is fucking awful. They are awful, but. I keep I keep hearing Book Oregon talk about forty points a game, like he's blue. He keeps bringing it up like that. So defense is completely out of the equation. They don't care if you are winning games 
65 to fucking 62 against doesn't matter who. As long as you're scoring points, even against trash teams, it's, you're fine. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. I think it's a trash argument to make. Uh, but I don't know. I just, everything else, like, I don't even, I don't even care about the top six or seven. Uh, I mean, I do, but I mean, it's, we'll see those things float around in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will see a lot of shake up in the next two weeks. I mean, we'll see shake up this yeah. week. Notre Dame should move up at least two spots this week as there are two teams, uh, two sets of teams playing in front of them. Um, Right with uh, Utah and Oregon, and then UCLA and USC, and right. theoretically that's two spots right there. Um, so there's a there's a lot of um, avenues for Notre Dame to move up. Um, it just eighteen's an okay spot. Um, I just. Penn State being an 11 frustrates me because I think that they should be well behind Oregon. I think that they should be behind. I guess the biggest complaint I have is Penn State at 11 um, because I think Penn State should be more like 14 or 15th. I think Oregon, North Carolina, and Old Miss should all be in front of Penn State. And the fact that even though, you know, Ole Miss I don't think has any ranked wins either, um, but right. they at least played their yeah. competition close. Brendan, is is 2022 Penn State 2019 Notre Dame? Yeah, no, because look where they're at. No, because they're getting ranked up. <laughs> right, yeah. no, but what I'm saying is, should they be 15-16 like we were? What is, what's yeah. the difference? We lost That's the only I- two games of consequence on our 2019 schedule, and somehow that that was like losing to to Michigan was considered – like thou shall not pass the line the greatest, of the greatest the of all time. line of of fifteen sixteen right no matter what you did to Navy and how good Navy was that year nope not moving right somehow so, doesn't matter for LSU this year getting yeah, just, getting housed by Tennessee it, at home it's weird it's just weird to me that uh, like Penn State has been given and and by the way I listened to the Yahoo uh, podcast with uh, Wetzel and um, Forty and. Uh, the yeah, Ross. And uh, I, I can't remember if it was Wetzel who made the point, but they, they said absolutely you need – if Michigan loses to Ohio State, full demerits to dock them entirely for their trash non-conference schedule, you can't send a message that it's okay to play Colorado School of Mines and expect to have, a, like, you know, a decent shot at a at a playoff or, a you know, a, a top-tier bowl because you – Lost the only game that you uh, you bothered to put on your schedule that was of any consequence. They're absolutely getting credit now for UConn because UConn's bowl eligible. <laughs> they I are. heard it on a broadcast. I heard it on a broadcast. Um, God, I don't even. I, I heard it heard it on something on a, on a broadcast game or something. They brought it up like that's a good win. Maybe it was just on the playoff breaking show. They brought it up like it's fucking UConn. Get out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge, sir. And I think it should be docked now. I don't under. Like, well, I, I don't know. I'm I don't not know how you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the, the guy that, that calls right, them trash. They're undefeated. Trash. They're, they're undefeated, fine. and they beat. But as soon as they lose to Ohio State, you drop them, plummet them 10, 15 spots. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Well, you slide them down to six, right? Because then they're a one lot. Because here's the thing about this season, and when you look at the rankings, 
there's a lot of two lost teams, man. It's not like there's a glut of one lost teams out there. I mean, there's Clemson, there's SC, there's North Carolina, and then Tennessee, and then find me another one lost team. I mean, I, I, you know, if you, a lot of those teams also have just like shitty schedule. It was, it was kind of a shitty, sh- shitty schedule season for, for a lot of teams. And then a lot of those teams have parlayed that. And, and the teams that played decent schedules, a lot of them got two L's, man. I mean, you play a better schedule, you're going to catch some L's. And I guess one of the things that kind of piques my interest when I look at Notre Dame in the rankings is why is the Pac-12 given so much um, runway with their rankings? Why is Southern California, Utah, Oregon, UCLA – all ranked Washington. up in the top Washington, all ranked up in the top 20. Like what about the PAC 12 over the years has justified <laughs> the fact that you're going to put one, two, three, four, five of them in the top 20. Like why are they ranked above Florida state? Right. Why, why is a UCLA team that loses to Arizona um, ranked up that high? Why is, why is Utah ranked up at 10? I, 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 I don't know. I mean, Oregon lost by 40, more than 40 points to the number one yep. team in the nation. But Brendan, Why, this sort of takes care of itself, right? With USC, UCLA and Utah, Oregon playing this weekend, right? Right, right. So, so they're, they'll, they'll clear themselves out, but then, yep. you know, there's Washington there just to sort of like, you know, shuffle along, um, and yeah. move, move up, right? They're getting, they're getting the SEC treatment. <clears throat> Where just well, they, also, their teams have only played each other, and that they've only lost to each other, and rather than getting the Big Twelve punishment, are you saying that Washington? Are you saying Washington's non-conference schedule of Kent State, Portland State, and Michigan State was not good enough for you? It, no, no, I don't okay. think any of those teams have winning records. Uh, wait, does Kent State have a winning record? Michigan State is five and five, sir. That That's is not a Michigan winning State. record. Michigan State was ranked when they played them. We will be the biggest Michigan State fans come the final game of the weekend. We will. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand why the Pac-12 is, is getting sort of this, why the Pac-12 is viewed in this light and the ACC is not. Like, I, I guess, I think why, this is what, who's this branding the Pac-12? I think this is what these bowl narratives are made out of though, because a lot of these teams are going to get slotted in bowls they really don't deserve to be in. They're going to get waxed and all of a sudden we're going to say, if you're wondering why the Pac-12 is 0-4 in and, and bowl games of consequence, look at how high they were ranked relative to who they played, right? I mean, I think your point's well made. I think Penn State's in, this, in a similar per- predicament, which is they're going to rise to the level of their incompetence, and it's going to be it's going to be a bloodletting, whoever they end up playing. No, no, it's not going to be a bloodletting because this is the Penn State way. I, I went nuts <laughs> in the DM. Do you remember I went nuts in the DMs over this fucking Penn State thing? Because Penn State lives this this – privileged life of bowl games where Notre Dame ends up having to play like generationally good 2015 Ohio state that probably should have been or uh, um, in the playoffs that year. Yeah. Yeah. They, they play, you know, LSU the year before they win a natty, they play, um, you know, an Ohio state team with a Heisman trophy uh, winner the next year and they go to the natty the next year. They, Notre Dame always ends up playing these teams in these, uh, BCS New Year's Six bowl games 
and the teams except that they for Oklahoma played, State, except for Oklahoma State, and that was that yeah. was that was a totally winnable that should have been totally winnable New Year's Six game. That is almost inexcusable. But but, but here's right. like it goes, it goes back even farther. Memphis wasn't Memphis in the Cotton Bowl wasn't competition. For no, Memphis? and neither was the 2017 Washington Huskies team they got in the Fiesta Bowl, who was a 10 and two football team who lost seven to thirteen to Arizona State and twenty two to thirty to an unranked Stanford. I mean, it was a bad Washington team that, that they got. And then here's another one that they they ended up. Uh, just lucking into how about the um uh where's a, where's another one of theirs uh an eight and eight and five Florida State team in the Orange Bowl that's great uh congratulations on your Orange Bowl win you get you get that against an eight and five football team and <laughs> then like, they played a Fiesta Bowl in '97 against an eight and five Texas team like how do you get an eight, how are they getting all of these eight and five teams and Notre Dame's playing like generationally good. Uh, should have been in the playoff teams. Well, it's, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, with the way the Bulls are set up and the fact that, you know, Notre Dame is just always, has been in the, they won a Rose Bowl in, they won a Rose Bowl in 94 against a nine and four Oregon team. Like, that's because they, that's, in this that's year, setup. In this saying, year, Notre Dame's setup is not good. No, in this year, if Penn State gets it, because Penn State and Notre Dame are competing for a, Singular New Year's Six Bowl game. It's the Cotton Bowl. And they will get either UCF or they will get Tulane. So Penn State gets Tulane or UCF. What the so, fuck? I, hold on a second. 24-7 Sports has them going to the Orange against North Carolina. ESPN Citrus against Ole Miss. CBS Citrus against Ole Miss. Sports Illustrated Citrus against Ole Miss. So who so. is CBS putting in the Cotton Bowl then? Because the Cotton Bowl is an at-large, an at-large spot, which typically Penn State has has got. Hold on a second. Let me see. Cotton would be Washington versus UCF. <laughs> yeah. All right, Washington. There you go. So they get jumped by Washington, and I'd love to know how Washington manages to have the schedule to jump them because they're five. They're five spots below. Uh. Penn State right now in Washington's remaining schedule to this point. So they got to make up five spots, right? And they have Washington State and Colorado on the docket. So you're going to drop, unless they're saying that um, Penn State loses to Michigan State. But you can't in good conscience put Washington in there. What do they have? Three Pac-12 teams in the uh, – where's Oregon? Where's USC? Like – what what are you putting three Pac-12 Oregon, teams? Oregon would be in the Alamo, and what was the other? USC would be playing Michigan in the Rose, which actually sounds like a fun game. Good, good golly! But so the, you know what doesn't sound like a fun game? Clemson versus Alabama in the Orange. Oof, oofed. Oof. Listen, oof. you know what? I kind of like Clemson's chances. <laughs> I do not. I mean, it's just, I went ahead and I did the thing yesterday because I, I just felt. I, that was I, a good job. I love that. I, I actually love that. I, don't, I, I love like thinking about who I want to root for in, in games that don't seem to make, like have any consequence on us, but just like the chaotic right. situation that helps Notre Dame. Yeah. It's so 
I, I guess what I was what I was going for here was this is like number one, I am not I am not in the Pete Sampson camp of this is never going to happen as far as the New Year Six goes. It's college football, it's twenty twenty two season, it's fucking anything can happen. And just because it doesn't seem likely doesn't mean it won't. You go back week by week. There's all sorts of shit that's happened that, sh- that maybe shouldn't have. And now we're getting to the final two weeks of the season where you have rivalry games, all sorts of shit. Stuff can happen. It's, it's, it's not out of the realm of the possibility by any stretch of the imagination. It's just not likely is all. But my bigger concern, rather other than a New Year's Six Bowl game, is a top ten finish overall. Because what did we hear when Notre Dame was ranked fifth before the season started? Overrated, always overrated, blah 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 blah. And after the Marshall loss, and more and more specifically after the Stanford loss, that was really starting to set in, sink in. Like we can't defend this. <laughs> like people are going to say overrated next year when their name's ranked like tenth or eleventh in the preseason poll, and we can't defend it just based off of last year, despite the previous five years being pretty damn accurate. So the goal is to get back into the top ten. And that is a very, very feasible goal. That is, there is a path to the top ten that not only do we have two weeks of regular season, but a college championship, college conference championship weekend, and then bowl season. And by, by the way, the playoff rankings are completely useless once once they get it set, and then it goes down to the AP. So people that are screaming about, oh, the AP poll means nothing and this and that, no. It kind of does. That's how. That's who tells you who who was what at the end of the season, and it may be arbitrary. And for those that are like national championship or bust, you don't care. All right, well then shut off this fucking podcast because uh, you obviously don't care about anything else that happens in college football. And anyway, so I'm gonna go on that rant. So there is a path to a top ten finish for Notre Dame. It is not far off. So this week and next week and in the conference championships, I am going to start listing off a lot of these games that mattered in Notre Dame. Uh, and it's not just, you know, person in front of you who is loses. It has, it's not just that. Because you'll have some cases where you need your team to win. Like, we need Clemson to keep winning until they don't. Like, we need Clemson and North Carolina both to have one loss in the ACC, ACC championship game. That's a big help for us. And then one of them loses. And then it's going to be hard, very hard, for anyone with a brain to have Clemson or North Carolina ranked ahead of Notre Dame at that point. You just it's you can't. There's no justification. And if they do, we get a scream real loud. It's fun. But look, Rutgers is a fun game. Rutgers Penn State this weekend. Look, Rutgers is a team that 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 isn't very good, but they've given a little bit of scare here and there, and you never know what's gonna happen. I don't you think Michigan's great. First half. So I'd watch it. Yeah, so I'd watch that game. Uh, look, Ole Miss, Arkansas, that's a game you want to watch. Uh, Kansas State, West Virginia, it's at Kansas State, Kansas State, or it's at West Virginia, and I know West Virginia is kind of like in fucking shambles right now, but Kansas State isn't that great either. They have to go on the road to West Virginia to win. It's a, it's. By the way, I, it's, it's a, I didn't put it in the I don't know what the spread is. Do you see the spread of the Arkansas-Ole Miss game, by the way? Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Oh, Arkansas is only a two and a half point dog in that game. Oh, was, yeah. No, I I would have guessed that. I would have said three. Is KJ Jefferson yeah. playing? I would assume he is based off that spread. I think he. I think they said he was, but 
I didn't see anything official either. I thought I just kind of just kind of saw that somewhere. But anyways, so these are some games. Those are some games of note to watch. Uh, look, Michigan, Illinois. I think again, I'll say it, and I say it while I'm like slitting my throat. Michigan is a good football team. They are not hot trash, nope. but they have played a hot trash schedule. Yep, for sure. But the, even though they're a good football team, it's not like they aren't susceptible to lose a game. And this is one of their few. This is at Illinois, right? No. It's in Ann Arbor. Oh, they, it, Michigan no. only played four road games this year. Yeah, okay. I, I thought this was one of the road games. Anyway, it doesn't matter. This is a game they could lose. No. For this, sure. This is not one of the games that they could lose. Uh, they got to face a team that can throw the football and force them to not run. If you're going to beat mm-hmm. Michigan, if you're going to beat Michigan, because Michigan's the best team defending the run, if you're going to beat Michigan, you have to be able to throw the football. If you can throw the football and put Michigan behind and force them to throw the football, then Michigan will get housed. We, we, we shall see. I think Illinois puts up a pretty good fight this weekend. I can't say who's going to win. I put my money on Michigan, but I think Illinois puts up a good fight. I think um, you should, look, if you're going to bet on that one, bet the first half, Illinois in the first half, because that's been Michigan's thing, is you bet Illinois in the first half to cover the spread, and yeah. then because Michigan will cover. Look, I, even, I even got Navy on here, you Navy cucks. Navy and UCF. Look, look, we got UCF and Tulane hanging around. Again, I don't know what happens. And there's got to be a rule somewhere if there's no group of five team ranked in the top 25. Coastal Carolina so, exists. I mean, again, all the, it could be a real thing where they don't have one. But here's I think the thing. they would kind of force themselves to. They would because they but, did force themselves. Tulane lost this weekend or last weekend, <laughs> and they true, still are true. ranked. Like they are going to, they're going to, they're going to make it, it's fetch. They're going to make it happen. A a two loss to lane team is, is ranked right by Notre Dame. Right. Which is absurd. Figure that one out. Figure that one out. Uh, but maybe it takes on UCF. Uh, I didn't put the Tulane game down on here. Oh yeah, I did. Tulane and SMU. Hey, SMU is a team that can put up some points. That's a good fun one. I'm just saying, not all of these things have to happen. This isn't like conference championship weekend last week, last year. We're like, we need this, this, and this, that for Notre Dame to get a playoff berth. And I'm not even talking about the playoffs in this. I'm not even talking about a New Year's Six Bowl with this. I'm talking about Notre Dame climbing up the rankings enough to where wherever their bowl game is at, they win that, they're 10-3 and three on the season, and they're ranked 8th, ninth, 10th in the season in the country. And I was, I'm not surprised in the Facebook comments of people – on this article, bitching about how no no three lost team should be ranked in the top ten. You fucking don't know anything about college football. You, you Notre Dame watcher. There is it a every year. That. There's a three lost team ranked in the top ten every single fucking year. Oh, like, get out of here! Think about what that three lost team accomplished in the year and how many ranked teams they would have beaten by the end of it, right? And so it's, it makes it makes perfect sense. Got, because Notre Dame's probably going to still face a ranked team. I'd say that the chance of Notre Dame playing a ranked team in a bowl game at nine, at nine and three is probably about ninety percent. Twenty twenty right? eight and three eight and three Florida number seven eight and yeah. three it's, Iowa State ranked number ten two thousand and nineteen um, t- no 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 three loss team in the top ten ten and four Wisconsin at eleven above ten eleven and two Notre Dame though. Uh, you're gonna have it. Listen, you love that LSU, one, right? If LSU goes to the 
loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game. And so they, they have the regular season with three losses, and then they go win their bowl game. LSU is going to be a three-loss team in the top ten. Just, two, just, 2000, just 2018, Josh, Josh, 2018, you had number seven Florida, 10 and three. Um, number eight Georgia, 10, 11 and three. Number nine Texas, 10 and four. You had a four-loss team in the fucking top ten. There you go. 2018. And you, and you may be asking, why is this so important? Why? Why did I make this the focal point? Because being able to say, being able to be a program and say, we have this many top ten finishes, this many top five finishes, that is important to your program. It is important for your fan base, your alumni, everything. Like This arbitrary ranking, ranked by morons, mostly, in the AP poll, lots of them, means a ton to your program. Especially and so just brushing it, brushing it aside as nothing because it wasn't, it wasn't a national championship or whatever, because somehow you're still stuck in 1991 is fucking lunacy. Get your head out of your ass. This shit's important. Being yeah. able to build your program and Marcus Freeman in his first season to be able to say that his team finished in the top 10 is it important. Matters. It matters. It shows the recruits who are, who love Marcus Freeman and and are aren't you know put put aside by the by the nod Tennessee like NIL deals, but people are like they still want to know is this coach going to perform like man you're great I fucking love you Marcus Freeman you're like one of the greatest fucking coaches I've ever talked to in this recruiting you know in my recruiting time, but how are you going to be on the field like that's a big question mark before the season that could not be answered until the season happened and then we saw the season happening and we're like oh man this looks a little rough. But rough edges get smoothed out a little bit, and now all of a sudden you're going to end up in the top ten? Kids don't look at the at this thing the same way we do. They see a top ten finish as a huge success. They see just any bowl win as a huge Like They are not wrapped up in the weight of history that Notre Dame football bears upon its fans, which is ridiculous. Release, release that debt. Get it off of your back. You don't need it. I don't want it. I have I have your favorite. Um, I'm not going to talk about in 2017 when a four loss Auburn was ranked at number ten, one spot above ten and three Notre Dame. Uh, I'm not going to bring that up. What I am going to bring up is the 2016 season, and this is this is Chef's kiss. USC finished the season in 2016, the year of our Lord 2016. Ranked number three. Do you know what their record was? Ranked number three in the college football playoff era. Ten and three. No. There you go. Ten and three. Yeah. U.S. Out of the Pac-12. Out of the Pac-12. And, they, and their best out-of-conference win was Notre Dame, who was trashed that year at four and eight. Awful. That Ugh. season you had USC three loss, you had Penn State three loss, Florida State three loss, Wisconsin three loss, and Michigan three loss, all in the top ten. Like you look right on down the list through basically since you know it expanded to twelve games, you will find three loss teams in the top ten. I mean, June, are we right? Are we right here? This is this is the thing that we should be keeping. I, yes, the the New Year's Six is still alive, and I believe that is very much so. But like a focus for a top ten finish is very much a thing, and should be something that we are all encouraging 
quite a bit and rooting for. Yeah, of course. Uh, look, I, <laughs> I was, I, mean, I, I owe you the apology. I don't know that I formally made it. I so totally scoffed at nine and three when you guys were discussing it a couple weeks ago in the podcast. Now we've beaten Syracuse and Clemson, survived Navy, looking good against Boston College. USC definitely seems like a winnable game. Like this is a reality situation and I don't care about people jumping in the mention saying, well, no team that loses to Marshall or Stanford should be ranked. I'm sorry. It's going to happen if you continue to win and you continue to be USC and you collect the scalps of USC, UNC, BYU, Clemson, and whoever you beat in a bowl game. I mean, that's impressive. That's impressive. And that's, and that's, we'd be, we, we'd be thrilled from where, how deflated we felt when we were 0 2 and we were looking at, and we podcast afterwards and we just said, remember when we said, show me the loss? Now we're looking at show me the win, right? right. Yeah, like this, right. we were like, could we, could we get five wins? Right? I mean, you, when, when they lost, the low point for me was, you know, Stanford, right? Cause Stanford still is like the Marshall game you can excuse as being a letdown game. Stanford is the 128th ranked yes. rushing defense. Uh, they have given Which, up in their last three games, 324 yards rushing to UCLA, 306 yards rushing to Washington State and 279 yards to uh, Utah and nobody dipped below seven yards per carry in that whole. What you get is a is another game that pisses me off, but in a different way than everybody else. Like I said immediately after that game, we got fucking hosed by the refs, and I got jumped on. I got. I mean, we absolutely got screwed over by the refs in that game. That fumble. That Notre Dame should have won that game. The refs fucking stole that game, and I get jumped. Say we should have never been in that position. And everyone wants to play the fucking high and mighty card. Everyone wants to play the fucking, I, I just shut up. You like the triple standard that people have for Notre Dame as opposed to just any other random team. All Notre Dame needed to do was get a fucking W in that game. That's all they needed. Where's the, where's the triple standard for, and, and for LSU? The exact same way. They played the exact same way against Stanford and didn't get fucked like that and got the win. Where would they be sitting at right now? They'd be sitting inside the top ten. Yes, they would. And they'd be in the conversation because of the wins that they have for not just the New Year's Six, but an wow. outside chance of the fucking playoff. Yeah. For, oh, man, because this is a so because this is a people. weird season. Because I mean, oh. to be honest with you, if we'd be in Stanford, that would have been the best thing in the world for Marshall because their mentions on social media and on television would have would have gone up a hundred times because everyone would have been like, "But Marshall, but Marshall." Right. 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 You know, all, yeah. all I'm saying is like, quit, quit putting as, as you as Notre Dame fan, quit putting Notre Dame up on a pedestal that has to has to have a triple and quadruple fucking standard more than anybody else in the country as what classifies as a good win. Give a shit about a good win. Just get the goddamn W. Hey, Marshall That's six it. and four, by the way. And they're, 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 they're tops in the nation in. uh um, third down defense. They just beat App State last week. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. I did, that was a good win. We have no business yeah. being in the Gasparilla Bowl, but that is the low key hilarious uh, oh. by Richard Johnson. Look, listen, by Richard you. Johnson, Dicky J. The week, the week before, the week before, he had Notre Dame in, he had the Notre Dame in the uh, the Camilla Bowl. Like it is the ultimate troll move 
And you know what? I applaud it. <laughs> like, if you're going to troll that hard in bowl projections, that's the perfect way to do it. Like, oh, this is a slot for the ACC and Notre Dame spot. Of course, this is where Notre Dame will go. The Gasparilla Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like he didn't want to put Notre Dame anywhere. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to put Notre Dame somewhere. Is, 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 Butch, yeah. is Butch still around at FIU? Do you have any ideas? You know, Honestly, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you anything about FIU this year. Uh, no, it's Mike McIntyre. Okay. Oh, God. That's right. Wait a minute. The same Colorado Mike McIntyre? Yeah, I was going to say Colorado Mike, Mike, Mike McIntyre. Yes? No? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not even bowl eligible. They're four and five. So he's, uh, he's doing oh, some gymnastics. I love it. I love it. You know what? You know what? I'll take a Marshall loss over a Colorado win any day this year. You know, Are you, do you kidding think, me? Do you think we could make uh, Will Levis look like a Heisman candidate after the fact uh, if we ever played them in a bowl? You know, Will Levis, uh, PFF still got him in the top three of the You're NFL kidding. draft. No, they did this week. Oh they, had, uh, they had PFF. Are they, watch, uh, are they watching the games? They had, and they had the ND PFF guy on um, uh, Inside ND podcast this week. Oh, Mike uh, Renner? Yeah, Mike Renner was on there. And he was talking about how disappointing the season that, um, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you're watching, like Isaiah Foskey's having, and it's like, yeah, he's a third-day kind of guy. And it's like, you know, sneakily, Isaiah Foskey's having a phenomenal season. So, I, I mean, we kind of goofed on him earlier in the year, but it was great that you checked out on him because he is still eighth in the nation in sacks at 85 and uh, we'll get to this when we preview Boston College, but um, uh, he could have a few this weekend. <laughs> well, that's, that's, a, that's a great uh, segue, Brendan. And Brendan, I'm just, listen, I'm just waiting for you to say what I really just desperately want you to say about Boston College. So Let's just get to it. Let's get to it. Go ahead, Brendan. Uh, <laughs> so right. Notre Dame faces Boston College this week. Let's, let's, let's get to it. All right. Hey, hey boys, guess what? Boston College <laughs> kind of stinks. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do, Brendan. Please they really, they stink. This, um, this is breaking news information here. Well, I'm going to say some nice things about Boston. Well, sort of. Um, so they are dead last in the Power Five in sacks allowed. They've given up 39 sacks this year. Uh, so, I mean, when you're giving up damn near four per game, you're not good at your job. Um, part of that is because their line is, in fact, all life. Uh, the other part is is that they are down three starters from the beginning of the year on their offensive line. Is it also part of the fact that Phil Jerkovic once sent the modern-day record for sacks taken in a spring game? <laughs> I mean, that's every game that he's played. And I want to say that the fact that they've lost three starters along their lines has played a huge impact on it. But they gave up five, four sacks to Rutgers, five sacks to Virginia Tech in the first – they gave up nine sacks in the first two games. So uh, they were bad to start, and they're still bad. Uh, in the last three games, they gave up four to UConn, five to Duke, and five to NC State. Uh, the last two games being uh, back back up McGee, who we'll we'll get to him. Um, but <laughs> so I mean, their offensive line is is awful, and it it bears out in the fact that they're giving up their you know. Dead last in, in the power five and tax allowed. And it also bears out in the fact that they cannot under any circumstances run the football. 
How bad are they at running the football? Well, I'm glad you asked. They are a 131 out of 131 in rushing yards per game. They are dead last in rushing yards per game. Uh, they're averaging just 61 yards per, per, uh, collegiate football game. Um, they had negative one yard rushing against NC State last week. And you could say, Brendan, Brendan, wait, wait, wait. Is that because they didn't have their three offensive linemen? And I would say, oh, contraire, mon frere. Uh, they had four yards rushing earlier in the season on 26 carries against Virginia Tech, uh, being the second game of the year. So they have been bad at rushing the, the football from beginning to end. They just cannot run the football. And then unsurprisingly, because they cannot run and because they are getting sacked so often, they are a 122nd out of a 131 teams in third down conversions, converting just 30.14%. So they can't convert third downs. They can't run the football. Um, I don't know what it is that they can do offensively. Um, other than Zay Flowers. I mean, you have a, a guy who probably is going to make an NFL team very happy next year in St. Yeah, what, a, what a waste of a – I mean, that would be a dick, but I mean, what a waste of a year for Zay Flowers. Flowers? I mean, Zay Flowers on any other team um, is in some discussions for Bolitnikoff, uh, but he is on this team. Absolutely. Uh, so he is not in any discussions <laughs> for a Bolitnikoff. He probably should have transferred to USC. Like uh, – fellow conference mate uh, Jordan uh, Addison right well did, did didn't he get didn't he get a lot of I mean he had a lot of people coming after him didn't he I would have when that's wasn't that one of the big stories that that he he was coming back and regardless of all these uh you know schools that were options for him uh yeah because I respected but it's like you made it I I don't I, I you probably cost yourself some money unless there's a t- I mean he probably should be I mean wide receiver is sort of a, an interesting spot like they do a run on him in the first but second round seems to be kind of where a lot of wide receivers end up getting drafted and he probably should be a second day wide receiver I mean he's probably one of the 10 best wide receivers in college football but after him do you know who the the next best offensive player on the roster is George Takis and he re- he got run out of town at Notre Dame. And he's having a fine season, I guess. Did Takis get hurt? Uh, about a, maybe a concussion or something, or maybe I'm misremembering that. But um, I mean, he didn't play two games this year. He didn't play the Clemson game or the UConn game. Um, but he played against North Carolina. I'm not. I don't think he's on the injury report. Okay. I saw he has zero catches against uh, Wake, but that might be just they didn't target him. So yeah, that that's sort of uh, their offense because um, like the two weeks prior he had one and one, so that's why I say he's kind of having a fine season. Um, he hasn't uh, outside of the records game. I don't think that that he's had a game of of note, um, and he's really the second best thing they kind of kind of kind of have. Yeah, like say Flowers is a thousand yard receiver, and the next the next guy is Jalen Gill. Um, Zay Flowers has got nine hundred and twenty one yards, and the next highest receiver has three hundred and seventy one. And Brendan, when you say that they can't run the ball, the top rusher for for Boston College this year, how many yards does he have? Um, he basically has a. Um, so imagine if Julius Jones is playing Pitt. That's about what he has. <laughs> He's got 296 yards on the year in 99 carries. 
99 carries. 99 carries. 96 yards. He's not even averaging three yards a carry. That is unbelievably bad. That is like historically bad. You can't even get three yards. You're not even getting the cloud of dust at that point. They have five rushing touchdowns on the season. This team is so inept at running the football. And when you're, they're going to throw the football. And that's why their sack numbers are partially so high. Um, so, and this is another Dame team that's, you know, turned it on significantly, uh, in the back half of the schedule, getting after the quarterback. I, I think somebody, whoever's playing quarterback, um, I don't know if Phil's playing or if it's going to be Moorhead. Uh, Phil, and I mean, if you watch the Rutgers game, um, and I was, you know, messaging you guys and watching the game. And I actually think it was the main game that I was, uh, messaging you guys. And I was like, I don't know how he's going to live. Um, cause they're just so bad. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't live. He got broken, uh, against UConn. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if Phil's playing or not. I don't think it matters which one of them does play, whether or not it's Moorhead or if it's Phil. I think both of them stink. I mean, does it? I mean, does it not just feel like uh, he he might be really hurt? But even if he wasn't hurt, that's a good reason to use to not embarrass him as not being a starter, being replaced as the starter going back to Notre Dame, a game that was uh, like promoted as like his return to yeah his return to show what they're missing. (laughs) I mean, it's a. I mean, if you didn't, if you, if I didn't have any feelings for, for Jerkovic one way or another, I would feel for him a little bit in that sense. Like that's a, you know, everything was about this game. Everything was about this game because he talked so much shit about Notre Dame after he left. So much here's, shit. Here's the everything thing: was about this game. So this is a huge letdown for that guy. Do, do you remember the last time these two teams played? The broadcast, oh, angry Phil, angry Phil, yeah, you angry, know, yeah, angry, angry Phil was angry, the, the angry narrative. Phil. I do. I believe that was a Drew Brees thing, right? Circle got smaller. Circle got smaller. Yeah, circle got smaller. Let me tell you, Kurt Heinis uh, took everything personally because he beat the shit out of Phil he that beat night. Beat the shit out of him. So, um, I what I don't understand is how many weeks has Phil Jakovic been in the concussion protocol? Uh, this would be week number three. And it's not just it's not just concussion. There's other bumps and bruises, according to Halfley. Um, but this would be the third game that he's out, which because is why I don't know if he's. If I understand it correctly, he left the UConn game for a knee injury, and now we're talking we're talking about knee and con- knee and knee concussion. And concussion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I don't know if Halfley's like. I'm not saying it. I just am saying words. Is all because I'm a professional. Just saying words. But nothing, nothing about that looks right. Not saying anything's going around. But I mean, just he, saying, they might have made the switch right. because Phil was not like he was legitimately not good. Like Phil was a good runner. He's got 68 rush attempts for negative 43 yards. Sub 60 percent completion rate. 11 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's been bad all year. Against UConn, he threw two picks. In that game, and they there, scored three points. Is there still a strong contingent of Notre Dame fans out there, uh, just completely blindly 
vacuum yeah. fill. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, they don't watch really? football. They don't watch football games. They're like, I, Pine's I, not great. Um, Phil, he was a and oh. it's and if and if Phil had Notre Dame's line, I heard that earlier this year. I didn't know they were still on that. Right, but but it's important. It's important to remember that this is a two way street, right? Notre Dame had to be bought into Phil Dracovic, and Phil Dracovic had to be bought into Notre Dame, and that relationship, oh, yeah, yeah. when frayed, meant that there was. There was people that were putting up detours and roadblocks and everything. And it just became a position. It came a thing where there's no situation that I can think of where Phil Dracovic would have stayed and been, and been happy. He just, he would have never gotten to this point. He would have he left. He would have been the, the he, he would have been the starter was, in 21 and he probably would have been. The he wasn't going to beat out Ian Book. He was no, not okay, going to beat out Ian Book. No, he was not going to beat out Ian Book. And, and, and remember. And, and everyone that- Remember, we I did to, to, with Phil Dracovic what many other of my colleagues and friends on Twitter have done with with uh, Tyler Buckner, which is like when it's his turn, he'll be awesome, and therefore we have to coddle him and and keep him happy or whatever. And you know, to be honest with you, this whole like the next guy is going to be the great guy hasn't really worked out for us. No, 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 no it no. never has. It's it's been the guy that's it's, it's the, the guy, guy behind the next said. We said, "Oh, we flipped a we flipped a kid from a commitment to uh, yeah from Washington State. Oh, quick, okay, cool, whatever, you know." Sure, I do wish we had Brennan Clark though. I do. Yep. Sure. <laughs> I'm sold. I wrote a I fuck. I wrote a goddamn article about this season a year the or two ago. Season is Brennan Clark's fault. I was I I was adamant that Brennan Clark would would probably be in the running for the starting job for this season. I don't even know what Brendan Clark's doing. I know he's, he's an ODU. Uh, I have no idea if he's even seen the field. I'm going to look that up. I just like him better. And he seemed more game than Drew Pine ever has been. And I'm not trying to drag, I'm not trying to drag Pine in through the mud. I'm just saying. Uh, Brendan Clark this. has thrown four passes this year for uh, seven yards. And the, that was and pretty the guy, yeah, the guy in front I mean, of him he had that high school anymore, so doesn't look like Brent Clark's gonna like, see the field. No, well, that's too bad. He had a great mullet. Yeah, great mullet. He cut. Um, the mullet. No, we're just like I want to be clear about this. He cut the mullet. He so cut the mullet. just like, like Tommy cut the mustache, like Sam, uh, Samson. Yeah, not Pete Samson, but Samson from the Bible. Samson and from the Bible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to finish, to I, mean, finish I, I, I want to check out his Delilah then. I mean, does his Instagram show Delilah at all? <laughs> uh, I think the plain white tees took Delilah. So to finish Boston College I mean, they, defensively, <laughs> they're not putrid. They're not putrid defensively, guys. They just aren't very good. They they just they're not awful. They just kind of stink. Um, they haven't played that good of a schedule to put up big numbers against them. They had the 44 points given up to Florida State, the 43 against Wake Forest, and that stands out. And those, you know, unsurprisingly, are the only two teams to throw for over 300 yards against Boston College. Um, they're middling at getting after the quarterback. Um, they kind of set the high water mark in the season opener against Rutgers with three sacks. Uh, but outside of the Florida State game, um, they've gotten two sacks against basically everybody that they played this year. Um, their defense is absolutely not the reason why they're three and seven. Um, I mean, Notre Dame, I'm, 
they haven't been awful in the in the, in, in Rushdie. Um, Notre Dame, but Notre Dame should be able to run on them. Um, they gave up 200 yards back to back in the last two games, uh, Duke and NC State. Um, they just, they're just, they're not, they're not awful, but they're not good at, at, at the same time. Like, uh, they're not, you know, when I look at North Carolina, um, I, I immediately would jumped out in BYU too, is neither team could tackle. Uh, Boston College is kind of okay. They, they sort of play soft coverage and they give up some, some cheap, short pass yardage, but like, they're not getting burned deep. They're not, they're not giving up, you know, huge runs. They're not getting gashed in the running game. They're just sort of like a mediocre defense that isn't very good at anything. So if, if you're looking at this game and you're saying that like Notre Dame is going to put a 40 spot on them, I don't think Notre Dame is going to put a 40 spot on them, but I don't think that they're very good defensively. It's not one of those things where like they're going to keep Notre Dame sub 30. I just don't think Notre Dame, they're bad enough to, to let this Notre Dame team score 40. Does that kind of make sense? Like they're, they're bad, but they're not like prolifically bad where I think Notre Dame can just have their way with them. And, and maybe Notre Dame does have their way with them. And, um, and you could foresee a situation where Notre Dame gets over 40, but you're saying that it's going to be a Brian Mason or a pick six off Emmett Moorhead type deal. Right, right. Cause I mean, or the last two the games way. they've given up, you know, 200 yards, but before that rushing, but before that it was the Rutgers game. Um, they kept most running. Most teams are able to get theirs, like four yards rushing, and I, they're not good defensively defending the run, but they're not like god awful. And Notre Dame doesn't break long runs, so I think Notre Dame probably is going to have like 185 to 200 yards rushing, but it's it, it's not going. That's not conducive to Notre Dame scoring 40 yards without you know a pick parade from from Moorhead or Jerkovic, which certainly could be the case. Um, cause Notre Dame's gonna be the, the best de- defense, Clemson included, um, that they played this year. I'm really high on Notre Dame's defense, and I think we all should be for what they, they did against Clemson, what they did against North Carolina before garbage time. So, um, they can't run the football, Notre Dame's gonna get to tee off on them. So, maybe Notre Dame gets to 40 based on short fields. Um, but, uh, yeah, if I'm gonna say anything nice about, Boston colleges, their defense just kind of stinks. It's not awful. Is that our first just stinks this year? I think that's our, our first just sort of uh, just stinks. I think I said maybe. Um, I think I said maybe Clemson's offense just sort of stinks. I didn't say that they were awful. I said that their offense just kind of stinks, and that panned out pretty well, right? Clemson's offense did just kind of stink. Uh, well, yeah, we. I mean, well, we said that for all. I mean, we've been talking about Clemson's offense being stinky for two years. Two now. years, yeah, since the Georgia yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, it's just like we 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 knew we knew, uh, but no, but Clemson's actually a juggernaut, amazing Lo- juggernaut. Love Clemson, love Clemson, love Clemson. Make them high. So good, Keep winning. So good. So I just, hope they win. I hope they go monsters. to the college football playoff. And you know what? There's a real shot Clemson does end up in the college football playoff, and that would be... I hope, I, I hope they do. I swear to God, I hope they do. Yeah, me too. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for every bit of it. 
Yep, I'm rooting for them care. to. Uh, I'm rooting for them to uh, really, really get after it this this year and make the college football playoff, and then proceed to score uh, all of the points in the college football playoff, like when they had Kelly Bryant at quarterback. Remember that? Remember that one where they had Kelly Bryant at quarterback, and then they they went to the college football playoff. And do you remember how many points they scored against Alabama in that football game? It was six. <laughs> Which would, yeah, it was. Uh, it was it wasn't a big number. No. Hey, hey, why is that not brought up more? A couple of Clemson's playoff appearances, they scored six and one and three in the others. Is that right? Yeah. In yeah, another one. That sure is. My favorite uh, is giving up seven yeah. to Oklahoma, though. I know we're 10 years on in that, but that's just still funny to me. Oh, what about the West Virginia trashing? Is that, or is that what you're talking about? Oh, yeah, where it was 70. Yeah, the seven, in the, what was yeah, it? Yeah, it was the yeah, Sorry, did I screw up my, my victims here? I apologize. Yeah, I think I uh, just got watched that game after a uh, uh, Magic the Gathering uh, sealed sealed tournament. That was, that was great. <laughs> Did they did they fire Neil Brown yet? No, um, I I heard I, some I, I was listening to the radio. And they were like, they should give Neil Brown some more time, and I was like, you know what? No, they should give they should give no, me no, that no. job. I want to be the if head coach at West Virginia. If I West Virginia was if West Virginia was in the ACC, he would still be employed because ACC coaches seemingly cannot be fired regardless of how they awful not they are. Like, but they, but they end up. St- the thing about the ACC coaches, they're going to get you a good season every once in a while. Every once in a while, like Dino well, Babers. has done Dino it. Ba- Dino, Dino Babers, Babers yeah. Pat Narduzzi. Yeah. They just Brendan. Like- Brendan, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't didn't Neil Brown just sign a contract extension like last, last year. year? Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've, I I was listening to the radio today, and they're like, you know, you know. You should look at uh, uh, Frank Beamer's first four years or first five years at, at Virginia Tech. You know, uh, in today's climate, he would get fired. But there's a not there's the ACC. A, well, not the ACC. Well, dude, the ACC head coaches, football head coaches, are basically the College of Cardinals. What's your in, baby? You're in. <laughs> you are in. You're in. I mean, like, put on that, you, put on that red hat, and live that life, bro. Do you think Eli Drinkowitz has like incriminating photos of somebody, or is he just? <laughs> yeah, Missouri He's got to Missouri is Missouri, wild. Missouri is a is a wild program to like figure out. Like there, it is. They are so frustrating. If you're a Missouri fan, that has to be one of the most frustrating things because there are times where they look there like is, they anybody in the SEC and no. have given fits, and then they're they are in the wrong conference. The thing about the Missouri Tigers is they are in the they've wrong never, conference. They've never been anything but a Big 12 team in that conference. They're a Big where, 12 team. Where, or an where A&M, team. Where A&M, even, at, even with their shit season that A&M's got going on, A&M made the transition to the SEC as an SEC school. That's an SEC school. Missouri yeah, but, is a Big 12 program in the SEC. At least Missouri has w- played in an ACC title game, right? SEC, yeah. SEC title game. Uh, Texas there... A&M's never finished above, never played in one, right? The COVID year was speaking their best of, season. Speaking of uh, coaches that you can't really fire because of buyouts, like, how? <laughs> how is Jimbo doing these days? I, how is Jimbo? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's hit that, that... Carter Carl's hotline. 
I mean, do you think Carter Cardles would give up Papa John's for a month to uh, replace Jimbo Fisher? No, because he'd say somebody somebody with an oil job can do that. I'm down here in Florida writing about Florida State, you bastards. His love is his love. Yeah. Carter had to come up to uh, to Salt City to watch uh, his his uh, the team he covers absolutely dismantle the now most pathetic Syracuse offense. <laughs> I've ever laid eyes on. I mean, they, I thought I thought Brendan Armstrong and Virginia were bad. Holy cow! This is Notre Dame kind of Notre Dame kind of break. We got him at the exact right time to get them. The shred, the usually doesn't have falling off the Garrett Schrader train. Holy cow! I mean, it's it's just it's unwatchable now. It's just really sad. Notre Dame broke them, guys. I think Syracuse kind of stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that there's a there's a better than average chance they lose to Boston College in the final weekend. I just I, I told you guys this in the DMs, but I gotta share this with I gotta share this with um the, the crowd at large, right? Syracuse season ticket holder this year because of the because of the Notre Dame game, right? So I'm all in, I'm now all in all the solicitations for hey, get basketball tickets, get this or whatever, right? As soon as the final whistle went off on that six win, they sent me a solicitation saying buy the Syracuse is bull bound t shirts. <laughs> hoodies hang the banner it doesn't even say what bowl they're going to or the year it says bowl bound and it looks like confetti in the background and i gotta say if you bought one of these t-shirts for like 30 bucks just like your life is over man i just like i don't even understand like do you know who you know who else nad bought one yeah do you know who else did that eastern michigan as soon as they were more eligible, that shit went out the same way. So yeah. Syracuse is the is in the same class as Emu, and Emu did he went better because we've only been to so many bowl games. They actually put up all the bowl games that we've been to on that graphic. <laughs> Mind you, we've only won one, uh, the California Razor Bowl. But uh, at any rate, <laughs> go go orange. Uh, it just there was a there's a couple of students that were they have a like a sports podcast or football podcast or whatever and they just said they weren't going to watch the bowl game if Syracuse ended the season six and six and they got trashed pretty hard but I thought I thought but they know, should get trashed pretty hard that's that's ridiculous watch your bowl games I, I just I mean you you gotta feel really just I can't believe I'm gonna watch this for the seventh straight week this offense you know what i mean it's just six straight losses you can't you can't do it yeah i just oof <clears throat> i mean they went from new york six looking to oh, what are we i mean what's remember, pinstripe bowl maybe i don't have no idea jasper remember how chippy they were remember how chippy they were game week oh yeah we talked about the podcast. chippy absolutely fucking ready to throw down about it god bless yep. him I didn't hey, see Jimmy. how they could keep within 10. Uh, you know, Mabry just passed Mabry in the all-time threes uh, list tonight. <laughs> Not in Jude's heart, though. <laughs> There's only one. There's only one for me. She's currently playing in Italy. Uh, all right. Well, that that sounds like a trash team. That's great. So, uh Let's do the thing, fellas. Let's get into game picks. All right. Well, so last week wasn't a banner week for really anybody. Um, Jude went three and two. Josh and I went two and three. 
Uh, it hasn't been, we've had kind of a rough, rough go of it the last, uh, last couple of weeks. We're getting closer to 500. We're, we're serious. Wait a second Syracuse. though. Wait a second though. I do want to pat us on the back for all going for Washington, uh, and covering the spread against Oregon because oh, yeah, not yeah. only did that happen, uh, they won on the fucking won. money line. So. Of course, yeah. of course. In that parlay and, uh, oh, it would have been good. Uh, so let's, let's make it up this week, boys. Uh, let's have some simpatico, um, keep things good. Uh, let's start with this first one. Um, there weren't, there aren't a lot of ranked on ranked and we are excluding ourselves, you know, by podcast edict from ever selecting a Big 12 uh, conference football game again uh, this season. The rest of the season. Yeah, the rest of the season. season. <laughs> we'll pick it back up next year, maybe. Uh, we'll see if what Oklahoma... If what if Notre Dame plays Texas in the Cheez-It Bowl? Oh, uh, well, it looks like we're not playing... Uh, actually, I kind of like Texas in the Cheez-It Bowl. I thought no. we were talking about conference-on-conference no. conference violence. Yeah, conference-on-conference. Right? Conference. Yeah. Conference conference. So what we need to do this week, Brennan, yeah. is find uh, the Cheez-It Bowl rep at Notre Dame. On Saturday yeah. when we're up there, introduce him to Greg. And just, and just ask him if he's uh, what what he's going to do with that eight ball in his pocket. <laughs> if he's sharing or what he's doing, because uh, that guy's he's out bouncing. there, man. He's bouncing. Who is he talking? I mean, he was talking to. Uh, he, didn't he interrupt you when you were talking with uh, Aaron? Like three fucking times. I was I was talking to. It, it, my Clemson experience was not as enjoyable as everybody else's there. Mine was uh, because I got it. End up getting, I get, end up getting. I, I was accused into of a very corporate. I was accused of espionage. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that, but I, <laughs> I ended up having, having to have a very professional conversation real quick with with somebody from Notre Dame. Well, I thought it was going to be real quick, just a couple of quick, quick hey, uh, blah blah blahs. It ended up. Going into a longer conversation than what I had planned, plus the cheese at bowl rep keeps tapping this guy on the shoulder, wanting to talk to him and, and talking to him during it. It's just like this is dragging out. I am not enjoying myself down here. We <laughs> that is just felt wrong to me. Uh, but uh, but anyways, so cheese at bowl rep, we're coming for you, buddy. We're coming. Bring that eight ball. Uh, so this, this this game is interesting because of the line, um, and it's really you know their last spot before. I don't know how good the uh, the opponent is, but Michigan is hosting Illinois, and Michigan is an eighteen point favorite. God, it's a lot of points, man! It's so, so many points. I Brandon, listen, Brandon. I, let me ask you a question: Can yeah. this be an Ohio State Northwestern deal where the weather plays a factor in this line? Not both really. both I, teams just want to like slug it out. Like well, Michigan's not throwing the football. Saturday at noon, what is what is it what is it going to be in Ann Arbor? Cold and blustery. But not snowing or anything. I mean, it's, we're not talking no, like but blustery. It's going like, to be like 25 like like 20 25 mile an hour gusts. So you're going to keep the it's going to keep the scoring down then, right? Well, not for Michigan oh, because Michigan doesn't throw the football anyway. Okay. So, Blake, so Blake Corp is a beast. Yeah, so here's what Michigan does in football games. Like, um, going into halftime, you're like, how's Michigan keeping this game close against uh, Rutgers? And then, you know, they end up putting 30 spot in the second half. And it's like, how's Michigan keeping this game close against Sparty? And then they ended up, you know, putting all the points up in the second half. And it's like, eh. 
Michigan is like the way Michigan is presently constructed is um mid tens Alabama. They have no passing game and they just slowly grind you down and in the fourth quarter they score um twenty one points and they covered the line. That's the way Michigan is. And and that's why I think yeah, that only much. like an Ohio State can get them. And that's why only teams with like, you know, dynamic quarterbacks could get Alabama. Um, and Michigan hasn't seen anything like that. So the 18 is, it's interesting. It's a huge line, but it's like Michigan just, they just lean into you. Yeah. Michigan I kind of want to, I do kind of want to take Michigan to cover that because, because of all that, because that's exactly what's happened this season. Um, I don't know though, man. I kind of, I have a, an unwavering faith in Burt to make this game close. Borderline erotic. Like, I, <laughs> like I'm kind of, I mean, yes. I kind of want, I mean, not kind of, I want Illinois to win, of course. And I kind of think, I I think they have a chance at winning. I do. Uh, they're not going to, but I do think it's going to be, it's going to be closer than 18 points. Um, I think they can make it closer than 18 points. Let's put it that way. Um, so give me, give me the fight in the line eye. Um, I just, I, this, this game could be like, could be like a 20, like a 24, 12 game. It would not shock me. And I'm just, and I'm making out like a total, total Michigan domination, but it's only a 24, 12 win. Yeah, I'm really torn on this. Um, Michigan has covered most of the, most of the, they're pretty good against spread this year. Yeah, I just, I, I really do feel like I could see a, a 31 10 game or 28 10 would be a push. Um, 35 17 is a number that really sticks in my head, and that's 18. Right. But say 35 14, and then it's a cover. I, I just, I mean, the over-unders. But Michigan, Michigan scores 35, though. Can Illinois get 17? Like, that that seems like an impossible. Like, if, for Illinois to to beat the spread, they, Michigan can't score that many points. Like, this has to be a low-scoring game because Illinois is not going to score a lot of points. Well, and I believe the over-under is, like, what, 44, 45 maybe, right? So Vegas isn't suggesting this is going to be a lot of points here either. No, and Illinois is reeling. They've lost two straight. Yeah, but they still have the West to play for. I mean, twenty-seven. Right. Is it a look? Is it a look-ahead spot for Michigan? Twenty-seven ten uh, is in the cover. Uh, you know what? Because I don't. Will feel, there be a fight in the tunnel? Will there be a fight in the tunnel? <laughs> because I don't feel good about this game. I'm going to take Michigan. So I split with Josh and give Brendan the out to pick whatever he wants here. Um, I'm not. I could see them covering, and I could also see Illinois. Um, Losing by seventeen, you know, and winning and the spreading, covering the spread. So I'm going to take Michigan just because of the way that they've, what they've done to teams this season um, in the the second half of football games where they they seemingly just put teams away. I, like I mean, to know, Michigan. I like State, to know how many turnovers uh, they have in the second half this year because that could be a bit like I don't. They're not very turnover prone as it is. And if they cough up the ball once or even twice in the in the second half of any of these games that they ran away with, it's a lot different game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, if you remember the like, like a lot. 
the Penn State game. It so was, the possibility, the possibility of this game, like if they if they cough it up in the second half, then that whole dynamic, that whole, whole formula they got going on, gets thrown in the trash. For Michigan, but they, they, they protect the ball though. Yeah, they protect the yeah. ball because they don't do anything with the pass game. Like you know, I think of like the, the Penn State game, for example. It was sixteen to fourteen at halftime, and the final was forty-one to seventeen. The Rutgers right. game well, was trash. Rutgers game. Rutgers was winning seventeen to fourteen at halftime. Michigan wins the football game forty-two to seventeen. Uh, the Nebraska game at halftime is seventeen to three, and Michigan wins the game thirty-four to three. Like the, this is this is just what Michigan does. It's like the Michigan Michigan State game, right? It was uh, thirteen to seven at halftime, and it's twenty-nine to seven at the end of the game. Um, the Indiana game was ten ten, and Michigan won the football game thirty-one to ten. Like all year long, this is what Michigan has same done thing. to these same teams. Story. Yep. They just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, just, I I don't have any reason to believe that that's going to change. So I'm going to have to take Michigan. Um, and thank you for not making me bet on Michigan. Um, so here's the weird line game. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, Arkansas hosting Old Miss. Arkansas is a only a two and a half point underdog at home. The line's weird, and it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, does Vegas know something? So, do we got clear? We got clarification on Jefferson. Um. Give me five seconds. Um, I haven't heard anything concrete, but the way that the line would say, um, here we go, from 11 hours ago, um, it's a night game. Casey Jefferson is back. Yeah, looking healthy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, give me I, – I, I just think Arkansas is going to win all right. So he, he's the difference. That's going to be a win. Uh, and then uh, Lane Kiffin's going to go to, in a couple of weeks, and announce that he's going to Auburn. What an awful spot for him, by the way. Yeah. I just think all the goodwill that Lane Kiffin has built up uh, with me personally, Kiffy Cakes, this is a mistake. This is a huge mistake. Do not leave Ole Miss for Auburn. No. Um, Here's here's something I'll say. I'm going to take Arkansas as well. Um, and the thing I want to say about this is is I think Jackson Dart is awful at playing quarterback. You go to Lane Kiffin's system, and the thing that's holding Old Miss back from having right from being honestly from being undefeated this season is Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart is the reason why they are not. Um, undefeated because they probably could have beaten both LSU and Alabama. I mean, he went 20 for 35 with a pick and no touchdowns. And you went to a guy who all he does is, um, you know, cultivate quarterbacks. And it was just a transfer that it was a miss. It was a miss by, by Lane, uh, thinking he could do something with Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart's been awful at Old Miss and, um, he's been awful under pressure. Um, one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure in the nation. Um, 
I think Arkansas beats them, and um, it it that's why the line's so goofy is not only the the return of KJ Jefferson and Arkansas having a pretty good defense, but Jackson Dart just being bad at his job. Hmm. <laughs> I, I just I I'm not I'm not impressed with Arkansas. I, their best win is what BYU this year. Um, their best win actually is not BYU. Their best win is a close loss oh, stop to that LSU. <laughs> stop that shit. I mean, come on. Uh, they've lost to Texas A&M. Alabama, Mississippi State, Liberty, and LSU. They beat Cincinnati. Their best one's Cincinnati. Absolutely yeah. the best one's Cincinnati. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cincinnati. what what's Cincinnati been this year? Uh, ranked twenty fifth. Ranked twenty fifth. Okay. I watched that game. Cincinnati did not look so hot either to Arkansas. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to bet this game. I, I'll take Ole Miss. Damn, I think it's gonna be a fun game to watch. Actually, you know, it's, it's yeah, I bet that was I love the kind of fun. Is the narrative that KJ uh, Jefferson grew up so close to Ole Miss's campus and was recruited heavily by the Rebs? Uh, I wonder if that makes any difference. But he's a seventeen and three touchdown interception ratio. Yeah, that seems good. Uh, whatever, whatever the whatever the athletic version of uh, Arkansas Pete Sampson. Uh, I'll say this. I'll say this. He did not story play. He did not play in two of their losses this year. He didn't play against Mississippi State, and he didn't play against LSU. Um, all right, the next one, uh, pertinent to Notre Dame specifically um, for yeah. rankings reasons. And, and I, I don't know which way I want to go with this one, um, but I'll pop in on it. Uh, Oregon is hosting Utah, and the line's a little bit goofy for me. Uh, there's a lot of goofy lines, and this is one that's kind of goofy too, where Oregon is only a one-point favorite against Cameron Rising's Utah squad. This um, is in Utah. No, it's in it's in Austin. In Eugene, which 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 is, is, is they're only a one-point favorite. One-point favorite, which is why yeah. like it's a series of weird lines. Yeah, I like I like Oregon a lot here. Um. In a bounce back spot for Bo Nix, um, who's, you know, exceeding everyone's expectations of what Bo Nix is. Especially after how terribly lost he looked in that first week against Georgia. Oh, God, he looks so bad against Georgia. And it's like, oh, well, this is Auburn Bo Nix. And then he hasn't been. He's been a 73% completion guy with a 24 5 um, touchdown interception ratio. And not only. Your stats usually improve after not facing a. When you start facing non-Georgia teams. <laughs> right, non-Georgia teams. But, I mean, he's also got, you know, a half century in uh, rushing yards, too. I mean, he's been he's been good on the ground and in uh, the air. Um, I know, but, again, like, there, I, I, was, get, I was getting a little, little spicy well, this franchise. A little, I was getting a little pissed about I didn't uh, like him the in Oregon the talk. Discussion. After yeah. getting fucking throttled by Georgia, yet everyone was praising him, like, well, these guys could go to the play. Shut the fuck up. If you're losing a football game by hammer. 46 points, you are excluded from the playoff. And, and then it's 40, like, what's your best win after that? I, doesn't matter. So, right? Yeah. So in a lot of ways, so in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways last week, 
for Notre Dame's path to the top ten, it probably would have been better if Oregon had beat Washington. But, right. but I, don't I, think, mind, I don't mind or I don't I don't mind Oregon getting a getting a little slap there. You know what I mean? They fucking deserve. It. I don't mind it because I just don't want to see him in the playoff, and I don't want Dan Rubenstein to feel joy. Um, <laughs> but I think he. I, I, mean, I do think. I do think he feels joy this week. I think Oregon is able. I don't think Utah is. Um, I don't think Utah is particularly great. I don't think Oregon's particularly great. But I'm gonna. If you're telling me that the home team is essentially a pick, I mean, one point's a pick them. Um, and both teams are pretty comparable. And Oregon consistently scores forty plus points. Well, I mean, they're saying that this is on a neutral field. Utah would be the favorite. Utah would be the favorite, according to uh, right, because it's this, the old three point um, home bump. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I still am going to stick uh, stick to my guns. I'm going to pick Oregon at home. I think. Uh, I think in this particular, I think Otson uh, will be rocking because um, they're still playing for because the the Pac-12 has done away with conferences for the, uh, um, the title game. Mean? Yeah, divisions for the uh, the title game. So both teams have a lot to play for, at least for uh, a trip to the Rose Bowl. Yeah, Joshua, I I laid my marker down. I said Oregon. So it's up to you to decide whether we're betting this game. Oh no! Hell, fucking no! I'm taking Utah, uh, and I, I think it's because fool of a took. No, I'm smart. So I'm betting Utah because I want Utah to win. Uh, <laughs> that's that's not how this works. It's, it's, yeah, it's how it works. It's how it works. Shut the no, fuck up. That's not how it works. So so what's this? What this? Shut up. This is that. This is why it works. Because this way, this puts this puts the in the the driver's seat for Utah-USC rematch in the Pac-12 championship game. And I want that. Because then, you, then USC, after Notre Dame beats USC, will will beat Utah, uh, not Utah. Yeah, yeah. We need to get Oregon and Utah behind us. Um, and the best way to go about that is exactly how I just said. So that's why I'm betting that way, because that's, that's what I want to happen. So I bet that. If you're not putting out... Brenda, no, you're you not putting out. You can't bet how you want. Top. You can't. If you are not, if you are not operating on a on the same level as as any chaos magician out there, you are at a disadvantage. Where there's a will, I there's a want, way. That's why you bet Illinois. Nope, isn't nope, it? That's why you bet Illinois, yeah. isn't it? Because you wanted it to happen. Oh, will. <laughs> Brendan, all I'm hearing is it's that we a, need a side pot away from Joshua where we commingle our money and, and bet uh, Oregon here. No, no, no. He's ruining there, this There are us. certain – He's ruining there, us. Yeah. The one who's, the one who's leading, the, uh, leading the group here oh, uh, in the picks. It's all high and mighty about your 33-27 and 27 record, my friend, since hey, two games. Hey, 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 hey you're, talking about a, you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about having to take your ball and go home – because you think that my pick, the way I pick it, is wrong. Yeah, I'm doing better than your we, version of should it. Should we talk about the last last three weeks? How much of a cooler you've been? That is true. There's a lot more red than green. It's been fine. It's been fine. It's been fine. <laughs> it's been fine. It's been fine. I'm dialed in. I'm dialed in. I I haven't been doing the proper uh, sigils for this. 
Look, Illinois is going to beat Michigan because I want it to. Arkansas <laughs> is going to beat Ole Miss because I want it to. Utah is going to beat Oregon because I want oh, them to. Boy. Yeah, okay. Put your money down now. Then I have, I have a sneaking suspicion. I've literally um, opened up DraftKings, the official sports book of SB Nation, and I'm going to bet one unit on Oregon. Because uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that there will be no parlay this week because I will take this one, and I got bad news for you boys. Don't, um, don't, don't you do it. Don't you fucking do it. No, because I've this said this. I've said this. Uh, I know Notre Dame needs it, but listen. Listen. UCLA is not losing to USC. Mm-hmm. UCLA is yes, a... they are. No, Joshua. Solidarity, brother. Joshua. UCLA is a two-point home dog. Uh, I hear that... They are trash. trash. They are taking... No, they are not trash. It's the one thing that matters. Because if UCLA can lose to USC, Notre Dame can use, lose to UCLA, USC. Because the best running back in college football that no one is talking about is Zach Charbonnet. He is exceptional at running the football. Which we agree on. We agree, we, we agree, agree on, on that. that. We agree on that. We agree on that. And if he is exceptional at running the football, USC stands no chance at beating UCLA. Because UCLA, if, if Chip Kelly just decides to run the football – which he should and has shown a propensity to do as Zach Charbonnet on average gets about 30 touches a game. They will feed Charbonnet and they will grind this soft ass dollar defense USC team into the ground. And yet, and yet (laughs) this is going to be, this is going to be a 40 fucking five 42 ball game. And USC is going to just have enough offense to overcome that grinding. But UCLA did Notre Dame a favor by grinding them down. They're going to beat the shit out of them. So when we show up to beat the shit out of them, we beat the shit out of them. But they're still losing to USC. USC is winning this game. You will it. You want it. It happens. Sorry. Charbonnet is so good. I am, I am Team Brendan. I think UCLA wins this game. I've also I've also logged in to DraftKings, DraftKings, a official sportsbook partner of the SB Nation, and put my money towards UCLA money line. It's happening. UCLA UCLA just lost a fucking listen. UCLA just lost to Arizona at home. They did. They did. Arizona gave up thirty six points to Arizona State. They gave up thirty to Oregon. Thirty two to Zach uh, Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet didn't play in the Arizona State game. Um, but here's Zach Charbonnet. Played Arizona uh, game. I watched that game. He did, and he went for 181 for three touchdowns. Uh, did, did they win or lose? They lost that football game. They um, lost that football game. They and USC's something. offense is considerably better than Arizona's. I'm telling you, this is going to be a 45-42 ball game. USC's going to just be win it by the fucking skin of their teeth because they can throw the ball against UCLA like everybody else can. This is going to be a Trojan win. It is going to set up for a great Irish victory. Will it? What it happens? Cannot do it. Happens. I can't do it. Can't do it. I, I know Zach. Handle. Ring the bell. Zach Sherman is too good. Bell, He's too good. He's too good. He's gone for 22 for 124 against UW in a win. 
22 for 198 against Utah in a dub. He went for 22. 45-42. 45-42. 45-42. 45-42. 45-42. 45-42. USC is soft, and they are ripe to get crushed. No one is arguing that. We're not, and we are not, we are not allowed to have nice things. And a top, a top five USC is not something that we're going to get. Yes, we are. So, Jude, you're going, are you, are you, are you UCLA? UCLA. Cowards. All right, Josh, set the, set the mood for this one. Notre Dame, Boston College. Notre Dame is a 20 and a half point favorite, which is very large. I don't understand this line, honestly. Like, we've said that a lot, I think, to, even just tonight. But I think all season long, we've been a lot of these lines that I just have not understood. But we're throwing the Navy game in the trash can. I understand trash. that. Where it belongs. But that game was a 16-point spread, give or take a, uh, you know, a hook or two. You know what I mean? Like, it was right around 16 points. Obviously, Notre Dame did not cover that game. Notre Dame in big spread games has not been good. They just have not been this year. I don't know if they can in this game or not. But the fact that Boston College is just so bad at the game of football, they're so hurt. And there is no, there is no Tom Hammond story here with Jerkovic. And because of that, I think Notre Dame just runs over him. Like we we talked a lot of the talk on the on the Twitter machine. I put out the weather report, which by the way is just a fantastically uh, viewed article <laughs> this week. Uh, God bless you, uh, weather page views. Uh, but you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, if this was only a Southern team," and I get it. I get that sentiment. I do. I yeah. I wish this was a, a Southern team that came up like in 2018 uh, Senior Day, Florida State. It was fucking freezing. It was funny as hell seeing those guys out there and watching Notre Dame come out there and basically just their underwear uh, in pregame. It was it was great. It's a big mind thing. You know what also is a mind thing? When your team sucks and you're at the tail end of the season and you got to go play in weather like this. I don't care if you're from fucking Edmonton. This is not fun. I don't think Boston College is going to have a lot of fun in this game. It's going to show early. I think Notre Dame just goes right back to what what has been working for them. Um, it, you know, Drew Pine is not going to throw this ball down the field this game. Don't expect it. This is not going to happen. But I think we get back to more of finding the running backs uh, in the passing game. Obviously, Michael Mayer. Uh, but a lot of, a lot of Audrey Kestaman and Logan Diggs. I, I see Notre Dame winning this game. Oh, shit, boys. What a, I don't even want to see this. I see Notre Dame winning this game like 38-10. I think, I think that's, that seems like a fun score. Let's just go with that one. 38-10. And by the way, uh, Notre Dame just scored 35 points for the first uh, in, their, in four straight games, which is only the 10th time they've done that in 134 years of football, uh, with the most recent ones being in 19 and 06. Uh, if they do this, if they score over 35 in this game, uh, which would be the fifth straight, they've only done it once. That was in 1943. So, just saying, as weird as this season's been, they're about to, 
they have a real good chance of setting a fucking offensive record uh, right now. And if they do it again in the SC, that would be the most ever in Notre Dame history, six in a row with 35 more opponents. It's, it's an incredible stat that only Notre Dame's SID uh, uh, brain trusts can come, can come up with to confuse us all. But, yeah, I see 38-10. I just think Notre Dame gets back to what was working for them um, and more conservatively, and they're just going to pound, pound them, and BC's just going to, like, not want to be there. They're just, they're just not going. This isn't like the old, the old scrappy BC teams either. They, this isn't a chip on the shoulder BC team. It's just the, the fight isn't there. There's been too many injuries. Um, yeah. Joy. Brandon. Oh boy, you're do, putting this on me. Um, okay, so I think Notre Dame's able to. I think Boston College offensively is putrid. Um, and it's, it's one of those deals where I don't even, I don't, I don't foresee them being able to sneak points on the board like some other teams are. I, I, their running back isn't going to break one for a long run. Um, I, I think that they're going to be able to really realistically, there's just one person to keep an eye on and say flowers. And maybe he's good for a touchdown. So Boston College, I kind of set their their high water market like 13 points. And so then we're talking about can Notre Dame score 33 points, right? Or 34 points. Um, I think I think so. I think Notre Dame can probably win this game like 32 to nine. I think Boston College actually ends up kicking a bunch of field goals or maybe a, a two point conversion or something. But I think I think Notre Dame ends up. I hate picking this game to cover because um, it's such a big line. But offensively, Boston College is so bad at the things that Notre Dame I think can, can tee up on, and that's the pass rush, um, which really puts puts them behind on this one. So I think Notre Dame ends up winning this game. I don't think they put up huge offensive numbers, but I think that um, they limit Boston College and especially the Boston College mistakes, um, you know, pump blocks, interceptions, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I think Notre Dame wins this game pretty comfortable. I, I'd love to see Steve Angeli in this football game. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get that shot, but um, I do think Notre Dame, uh, against maybe my better judgment, does cover this game. Yeah, I uh I like Notre Dame here and I like a um you know Josh Josh said 34 well who just said 34-13. I mean, I feel like that's sort of like sort of where I said my 38-10. Yeah. Somebody said 30 oh, Brendan said 13 is the high water mark for for Boston College. Yeah. I didn't agree. I'm going to split the baby here and say um they win 34-11. That's a score I can get behind. That's that's a that's a hell of a funny score. <laughs> Which I I back that. I back that 100%. Like we're still, the weather's going to play a factor, but it's just not going to be like it's not going to be as like noticeable as like a, a snowstorm. But like it's going to be cold. It's going to have some wind. Um, and then again, once a team that is as bad as BC gets down. 
Uh, if Notre Dame jumps on them and they get down, they're just, there's not going to be much fight left. Yeah, my only concern is that they're covering the spread and then all of a sudden they're letting Moorhead throw over the top of them to, to flowers when it doesn't mean anything. Wait, which is a real thing this year, which happened, which has yeah. happened a couple times. So that's a real thing. I mean, it was 38-14 against um, North Carolina. North and Carolina, they, yeah. They let uh, Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, you let him off the hook. It's male. Duke's Mayo throw 197 yards and three touchdowns at that after that. Let him off the hook. All right, guys. So we're betting Notre Dame this week. That is the only game we are betting on this week. That is you guys in that trash ass UCLA pick. God damn. No, it's it's you with with betting for no, what you no, it's no, wish no. casting. No, 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 no. It is it is spell casting, not wish casting. Spell casting, Brendan. There is a power to what I say. My words are powerful. I'm a professional. You know, that's that's the kind of that's the kind of uh, thought process that would that would find Uchard a wife. I am. Uh, I mean, I could I could be a dictator in a third world country. <laughs> well, most people can. I mean, it's not really hard once you get once you get in power. Uh, <laughs> then you're just in power. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I mean it's it, it's not a very good week of college football. Uh, isn't this a big SoCon week for the SEC? Yeah, this is a this is the SEC uh, cupcakes before they play the like rivalry. It is the worst fucking. It, it, it's usually like the worst week of college football because that is such a trash move. The Pac-12 uh, bailed us out. Yeah, that. the Pac-12 bails us out. Well, the Pac-12 only bails us out because the voters are bailing the Pac-12 out for some reason. That is reason. absolutely correct. Yeah. I mean, so we're so they're willing it, and we're getting it. Uh, but no, uh, seriously, though, there are games to watch uh, this week. Uh, just go ahead, go back on, check out, go over the site. Just don't listen to the podcast. Uh, read the shit we write because it takes time to write these words down, um, <laughs> and I appreciate it. But the path of the top tens uh, article I got up. Most of the games that you need to pay attention to as a Notre Dame fan and Notre Dame's interests are there. Um, but mind you, there are still other fun games to pay attention to. Like, honestly, <laughs> Indiana, Michigan State, which, by the way, the first college football game of my entire life I w- went to was uh, down Bloomington, those two schools, for the old Brass Platoon. Uh, I mean, there's there, there are some interesting games. Uh, go ahead, watch Georgia-Kentucky. Let's see if they want to talk Will Love us up during that game. Iowa-Minnesota, um, if you're a real sicko and you want to see who yeah. wins the uh, the West. Well, and, the, and uh, Florida-Rosedale, right? Yeah, I just yeah, love that there's true. there's four Big Ten West teams uh, and none of them control their own destiny. But no, anyway. no, no. <laughs> uh, look, I I say it every week to myself, but yeah. it's true. It's like Maryland is a bad football team, but it never surprises me when Maryland like surprises somebody else. But they you never win like, that surprise. That's yeah, it's just it's a, they never it's win. Weird. They just cover. <laughs> They just kind of like fuck, play fuck around, but that that could be. I mean, Ohio State's uh, goes out to Maryland uh, to College Park for that game. Um, 
that's just, you know, something to keep your eye on. Uh, and I don't know. There's, I, there is all sorts of interesting shit. Uh, just go ahead and watch Duke Pitt just to see Pat Narduzzi if he's still mad about, uh, Kenny Mitchie de- <laughs> decommitting. Uh, and Notre Dame's about to get their 2023 quarterback, uh, who will be visiting this week. But I did want to mention that. Um, uh, so that's all happening and we all love it because it is just more fuel for the Pat Narduzzi, uh, theme ride that we just, we love. But I want to make it clear to everybody out there, like just because Notre Dame has car, in the fall for 24, Minchie now for 2023, they still need to hit that portal hard uh, in the offseason. Like hard. No, not, no, there's no maybe about maybe. it. Maybe. There's no maybe about it. They go, maybe go they promised, something. maybe they promised, uh, Mitchie a, a shot and you can't, uh, you can't sign him if you don't get, uh, well, well, he's a, he's an early enrollee. So he can he go is ahead an early and sign. Enrollee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but no, they, they're going, they're going to, they have to, they absolutely have to. There's no, if they don't, then that is criminal and grounds for Marcus Freeman to be fired. If they don't, not to say if they don't get anybody, I like, if you don't win somebody, okay, but you got to go get, you got to go out there and put in the work to go get somebody in the portal. Like go do it. Cause that is what your need is. Your biggest can, need next season is a portal quarterback. The best one you, I, you can bring home. Can I just can I just mention this? Um, and I, I'm not overly excited about Kenny Mitchie, and maybe I'm wrong because I have I don't I haven't watched his tape, or I haven't seen anything like that. Um, but I would like to point out that the, he is the 253rd ranked player uh, according to 247 composite rankings. Uh, before we start like taking victory laps about bringing him in, do you know what Drew Pine oh, no, was? Friend. Do you know what Drew Pine was composite two four seven? Uh, uh, no, two twenty five. He was thirty spots, basically thirty spots uh, higher than Kenny Minchie. Just putting that out there before anybody decides to think that this is a, a massive coup. Um, and maybe maybe he gets a bump. I watched his tape, so. And he's also, you know, six inches taller at six <laughs> Well, I I have a counter to that. It's the best counter of all fucking time. Yeah, um, I said is it about where he went to school. Absolutely. You know my yeah. thinking. Look, ESPN is a trash recruiting service. But the one thing, the best thing they ever did was when Golden Tate was in high school. For some reason, the other recruiting services did not have him ranked remotely where he should have been. ESPN did with Pope John Paul II High School. Where's Kenny Mitchie from? Pope John Paul II High School. Where Where is Kenny Mitchie ranked on ESPN? I don't know because they still haven't even updated Notre Dame's class. But it, but it is a lot higher than 247 Rivals who has Mitchie as a three-star and on three. ESPN has him like as the, I, th- I believe it's like the sixth best quarterback in this class. Which, by the way, Notre Dame's class ranking on ESPN is third right now. Just FYI. So I'm gonna go with that. Like they 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 did it with they did it with uh, Golden Tate. Why not with Kenny Minchie? It's okay. And none of it matters. You still have to go get yourself a Porter quarterback. Like a fucking Jack Cohn has this team at nine and one right now.
I mean, so you just got to get yourself a Jack Cone. There are plenty. There will be plenty. <sighs> Big Grayson McCall is going to jump in that portal this year, Brennan. Well, you know, he's uh, he's injured this week. So, um, you know, if I was Grayson McCall, I would look at my prospects and I'd say, you know, I'd probably need another year at tape. Uh, at a major university to, to, to slot myself into that first, second round. So if Grayson McCall goes into the, uh, the portal, I would move heaven and earth. I would, would you, uh, sacrifice would, all of the goats. Would you, would you take, would you take McCall over Leary? Absolutely. I take McCall over any possible quarterback you could put in the portal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Grayson McCall, if he came here, um, would would put Notre Dame as a national title contender. I don't agree, but I don't disagree. Figure that one out. Uh, Grayson McCall um, is everything you want in a uh, college football quarterback. Everything. Every single thing you want in a college football quarterback. And Which is the it, only important thing. It's, doesn't matter if the guy is an NFL prospect. No, no, no. As long no. as he's a, five-star, a five-star collegiate player, we're rolling. Yeah, I mean, just just to put Grace McCall's numbers into context, he is a 69% passer for 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, one interception. <laughs> nice. Takes, 21 touchdowns, one interception, takes care of the football. Um, and he can scoot a little bit with 165 yards uh, rushing and four rushing touchdowns. Uh, Grayson McCall would absolutely crush it in the Tommy Reese system. He's six foot three. Um, it would be very exciting. He can see over the line. I would be I would be over the moon. I've wanted him for years. So um, go get him. Get him if he's there. That's future Florida quarterback Grayson McCall, by the way. Damn it. You're probably right, because whoever gets Grayson McCall is also going to get his OC. Well, yeah. Yeah, probably. Sorry, that's a, right, so let's wrap. That's a 1220 at night joke right there. Yeah. Oh, it, I, yeah, I, I was just saying, let's wrap, let's wrap this up. Jude, what do you got left to the tank besides being the keeper of time? So, quick shout out to uh, both Alize Mack and Dexter Williams for getting drafted today by the Sandy, San Antonio Brahmins and the Arlington Renegades of the XFL. They will be playing. Well, they were drafted. Hopefully, they'll be playing next year's XFL season, 2023, which I believe starts in the spring. Right? It's a it's a March deal. Yeah are they are they still looking for the Pod City? Yeah, Isn't I Detroit think- like a yeah, it wasn't in Birmingham last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think don't that, like it. Well, but I think <laughs> it makes the most sense financially, right? Which is financially, like, it does. Yes, it's yeah. very smart. I, didn't yeah. didn't Dexter Williams get drafted too? I just said that. Oh. I was and Dexter oh, Williams. Dexter Williams. Oh, they said somebody yeah. else. Like uh, they say Dexter Lawrence. I meant Dexter Williams. No, you got Dexter Williams. Okay, all right, good. Woo. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, but, uh, exciting times, spring football, because, listen, your college football is almost over, so fucking enjoy it, you bastards. 
Uh, Brennan, what do you got left in the tank? Uh, I got nothing in the tank except um, it's a snow season and um, driving in snow sucks. So, um, Joshua, your your love of Jude having a foot of snow. Um, I love it. Love driving in it. While looks beautiful, uh, make sure you buy some kitty litter or something to put in the bed of your truck. I'm not going to be accused of raising furries. If you buy kitty litter, you're just going to be accused of raising your children as furries. Well, no, we're not going to do that. That's, that's very true, especially by, um, what is it, pretty litter? You will, you will be accused. Will uh, well, be then accused. put some sandbags back there because uh, you're going to be you're going to be drifting around those corners. I hate cow. it. Hey, hey, Brendan, do you know who uh, is going to be the head coach of the San Antonio Brahmas? Uh, is it Bob Stoops? It is not Bob Stoops. He's the Arlington Renegades. Oh, I knew I had. I knew he was one of them. Yeah, it's uh, Accenture uh, Ward. Uh, oh, Accenture Ward. Accenture Ward. Yeah, I did. I actually did know that. I did know Accenture Ward. Uh, Christy's going to be very excited. Christy's very excited about Accenture Ward, and she gets so very angry at me every time I make that joke. <laughs> so very angry at me because I think it's one, great. it's her favorite football player of all time, and two. Uh, she cannot stand the stadium name change. And good news, uh, Josh, they're actually playing in their home uh, stadiums this year. So so that means that they will be bankrupt by halfway through the season. Yeah. You just said how smart that is to run it that way, even though it's not as well, fun. Well, um, the Arlington Renegades are playing in what is now called Choctaw Stadium. Oh, I like that. Which you may remember as... Globe Life Park or Rangers Ballpark in Arlington or America. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. Rangers haven't played That's there in a couple of years. But, yep. Uh, playing, the playing, the, to another new stadium, are they? playing the football stadium, playing it in pods is dumb, and I hate it. Um, financially, it makes sense, but playing in pods, it makes the right. – I don't even want to watch no. it. It's so sterile. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. Spring For spring football and spring football leagues – is totally a television product, correct? Yeah. So hey, what would they really care? What would they really care about being in the other cities? Like, I would if I was the XFL, I didn't have a city name. Just come up with some fucking team names and get like crazy. Like, have you seen ja- have you seen Japan's college football? They got they got yeah. one. They got uh, they got one college. Their their uh, school name is the Gangsters. How gangster is that? <laughs> Anyways, I mean it's just it's a it's a television product, the spring football, spring football league, which which is actually fine. Like it's not going to ever be like how how the USFL once was back in the eighties. It's never going to get there. Um, but you, you think, know I do hate it. I did. I hated it. Last. You're saying that? Um, I mean, I'd be. I would be former fine with the USFL pods. owner has other things going on in his life right now that he can't own another football uh, team. Possibly. Uh, and any other USFL owner would do a lot better than that. Uh, <laughs> but Florida what I'm saying man. is, if you're going to live the pot life, if you're going to live the pot life, then just come up, then don't try to associate with any any city. That's dumb. No one's going to care anyways if you're not playing there. So right. just, but if it's financially more feasible and to just defend the DC defenders, because that's pointless, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Drop the city name. And drop the pretense and just say this is a television product. 
Um, it's just, it's WWF, man. Or WWE, whatever the hell it is. It just, it is what it is. Maybe next month, you know, maybe next month we'll move the pod to another city. Travel and road show of, of eight teams. I don't know. I, I would be a dictator in a third world country and I would also be a commissioner of a spring football league. My guidance counselor in high school sucked. <laughs> Both of your banana republics would fail within the year. I, no, because I will it and I want it. I love it. 45-42. Um, <laughs> good win by both the men's and women's Notre Dame basketball teams tonight. So women destroyed Northwestern in the Ashton Pollard Bowl. And uh, men beat, what, Southern? Southern Indiana. Southern Indiana, Southern thank Indiana. you. And they even, they, even took, they even took half of the second, uh, second half off. Notre Dame was like, you know what, we're not even going to play for half of the second half. They subbed in, guys, too. It was great. Um, <laughs> look, it's, what's even better is, like, we're actually, we got freshmen in the in the front-line rotation. J.J. Starling um, has been good. Uh, Van Allen Lubin, who is who is an animal. Like, if we can get, like, three years out of Van Allen Lubin, he is going to be a physical god uh, in the middle. I'm just going to fall in love with that. Um, also, of note, uh, uh, I... <laughs> My mind's blank. I'm not sure who Notre Dame hockey has this weekend, but uh, they did split the Michigan series last week, which was notable because uh, I was getting beaten up pretty hard by Michigan fans on Twitter uh, for the five-one loss that Notre Dame had. They hockey hasn't had a good, really a good start at all to the season, uh, but getting that getting that dub over the uh, Skunk Bears uh, on the Saturday matchup was uh, starting was tomorrow. Well, I guess it'd be Friday. They play the. Ohio State University in Columbus for a two-game stretch. Uh, tough. Tough down there in Columbus, actually. Yeah. And then uh, – Ohio, Ohio State's kind of a bitch hockey Does team. not get any easier by going to Boston for Thanksgiving and playing BU and BC. Uh, the BC game will be easier than BU. I'll just say that. Okay. Now watch him flip that, but <laughs> – <laughs> we get to take home the bean pot if we beat both those teams. If that's a sweep, or is that not? not on the I team? mean, it's a lot like the ACC. It's a lot like the ACC championship, right? T-shirts. <laughs> which, by the which, by the way, Brendan, my mentions are filling up with people wondering where the fuck the ACC champion T-shirts at. Uh, we gotta, they, we gotta get to the regular season and yeah, yeah, right. You have they, they have to meet. Like we can't really. Are we gonna claim it? Even if one of them loses before they get to the ACC championship game, yeah. Like, where are we? Where are we set. So they both they're, have to be. They're set, but Notre Dame's got to go undefeated in the conference. Yeah, Notre Dame's got to beat out BC to do it. So yeah, it's coming. They're coming. It's just uh, you got to let things play out, man. Can't put it out shirts yet. Can't, can't send these to a third world. To listen, the box. listen, listen. We're not we're not going full Syracuse here. No, 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 no. We're not printing the shirts uh, before the season's over. No. We'll get there. But it's okay if you're a max school. You can go ahead and do whatever you want because you're a max school and you're beautiful. And we fucking love you. All right. Well, that's it for this podcast. Uh, thanks for listening again. Uh, I'm not sure what our broadcast schedule will be next week. Uh, Thanksgiving makes things tricky. Uh, 
but uh, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. Uh, maybe it'll most likely it'll be another uh, review preview. Um, well, maybe we'll give this the BC game a little bigger allotment than ten minutes and one second. But who knows? Uh, who knows what they'll do to piss me off uh, to, <laughs> to make things weird in the next one? But we'll get we'll get it out to you guys. Uh, this is the only podcast you get to have fun with. So, and that's a fact. That's a fucking fact. So for Jude, for Brendan, for everyone over at One Foot Down, thanks for listening. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>